Hello, and welcome to episode 131 of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're your source for Drunken Magic the Gathering arena content. That's right. Just a couple of regular guys drinking some regular beers and talking about Magic the Gathering, in particular, the story. That's right. We are doing our Drunken Vorthos episode for Wilds of Eldraine. Yes, the story came out a while ago, but we thought that we'd give you a little refresher before the Ixalan story comes out uh, later this month. Uh, so catch up with us tonight as we go through the Wilds of Eldraine. But Jeff, you know, it's a Drunken Vorthos and it can't be a Drunken Vorthos if it's not a Silver series. So what's on tap tonight? All right, so tonight is the final round of our Silver Series tournament. So to recap that, every Drunken Forthos, we've been drinking four different silver beers. Now, when we started this, silver kind of had a different meaning. It was basically exclusively macro brews. Mm -hmm. Now we kind of think of silver as just bad or boring. <laughs> so some of these probably don't really belong in silver anymore. Uh, they're just macro brews. But the point was to find the best macro brew. Mm -hmm. um, or our favorite macro brew is probably a better way to put it. Yes. And so every time we did one of these, we put four different beers against each other. We picked our favorites. Top two moved on in a tournament style. And here we are, the final round, the last four standing. Yeah. Um, should we say all of the beers? Or we, we, we'll slow roll it. If, if you're yeah. a... Um, yeah. A diligent listener to the show you will know which four we're drinking this evening but if this, this is the first drunken vorthos for you welcome to the end of the era <laughs> yeah because this after the first one this will be yeah this will go, ahead. <laughs> go back and listen to the other ones i guess um but anyway jeff uh with that tell us about our first beer of the night Okay, so another, if you're new here, another thing we do is we tend to do these in chronological order. So mm -hmm. oldest beer first. Um, that means that we are starting off tonight with Stella Artois, mm. which is a Pilsner from Belgium. It's 5%. I don't know why I'm telling you this. You've heard of it. But it is founded in 1366. So mm -hmm. not the oldest beer that we've done but uh, pretty darn old. Yeah, I can't remember which one's older than this one, but I, I trust you. I, I, <laughs> I trust it. I don't remember which beer it was, but I know this date's not the oldest one. Nice. Well, as we know, old beers tend to be pretty good beers. So uh, been well, around uh, for, you know, almost 700 years for a reason. Yeah, exactly. All right, Jeff, let's crack this one open and get started on our Drunken Vorthos. So we're just going to jump right into things. Um, a little precursor. This is the beginning of the new story arc. So we finished the story with uh, the Phyrexians with March of the Machine. Uh, big takeaways, if you don't know much about that, is that uh, the Phyrexians are phased out, essentially. And so they're gone from existence. And Planeswalkers, almost all of them, lost their sparks. Uh, so they can no longer travel to different planes, most of them, and they're just legendary creatures again. There are a handful of planeswalkers still, but most of them lost their spark. And there are these things, these things sorry, called omen paths, which help regular folks walk in between different uh, planes. So 
no one's a plane less people are planeswalkers but everybody has the opportunity to go wherever they'd like no one's a planeswalker but everyone's a planeswalker exactly all right so these are the main four stories or four episodes or chapters of the actual Wilds of Eldraine story. We will not be covering any of the side stories because that's too much stuff and we don't want to. <laughs> yeah, these already run pretty long. They do. <laughs> Jeff, are you wearing my button right now? What are you doing? What is that? Of course, yeah. <laughs> no. Oh gosh, yeah, great, perfect. <laughs> you could, okay, explain the button. If you're not watching on YouTube, Go on YouTube to check it out, but Jeff, what what's the button? This is a button with Zach's face on it. Uh, he's smiling, a lovely smile. Doesn't mm. look, you know, serial killery <laughs> at all. Um, and this has just been like in my bedroom. I keep one of these, you know, near my bed at all times. Mm -hmm. uh, and I saw it today, and I figured, you know what? Let's wear that tonight. That's nice. the right time. <laughs> they were from my bachelor party. That's uh, <laughs> that's where they're from. Jeff did not make this and I did not give it to him. My sister gave it to him. So anyway, all right. Now that we, <laughs> oh God. Anyway, okay, here we go. Um, so this is the main story of Wilds of Eldraine by K. Arsenault Rivera. Now K. Arsenault Rivera is an author that we have seen multiple times before. This is the author of uh, Innistrad Midnight Hunt as well as Innistrad uh, Crimson Vow, um, and they've done a few others, but those are the ones I remember um, I mostly. I feel like they've done the most recent ones, right? Like, didn't they do Phyrexia? Oh, did they do all? Well? I think that's true. This might just be like their resident author now. I, yeah, I think they may have just sort of gotten the gig, as it were. Yeah. Which, um, you know, honestly, I think is great so that um, these stories keep the same level of, like, right. you can expect a certain thing and it doesn't go up and down so much. Um, as they've had also if you have one author they know the story as they've been writing it so they just have a wealth of knowledge and um, they're not going to yeah. write anything weird and we won't have another war of the spark novel fiasco yeah um i mean i feel like there have been stories where each chapter was written by somebody mm -hmm. different and those were very odd very odd yeah and so now they just have one author do the main story and they'll have guest authors do the side stories. Um, mm -hmm. So we are sticking with Kay Arsenault Rivera, who we have middling uh, uh, degrees of success in our, or sorry, our opinion uh, wavers depending on which story we're talking about. So let's see how this one stacks up. I feel like there are certain things that they are good at and certain things that they are, in my opinion, less good at and mm -hmm. so if a certain story arc requires much of one and not much of the other That's that true. sort of pushes at which end of the spectrum that story tends to be so at the end of this episode we will tell you which side this uh, whole story was on but jeff let us jump right back into things um, with episode one pure of heart so the beginning of this, uh, we recap a little bit of what happened. The Phyrexians have invaded and they killed King Kenrith and Queen Linden, Will and Rowan's oh, no. parents. Um, so now Will has become the new king, or I guess he decided that he is the boy king, is what people are calling him. 
and uh, Rowan doesn't necessarily like that he has taken the throne. Especially with the title Boy King, like, come on. It's pretty shitty. Um, but is that the same as, like, Girl Boss? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> it just... It's all context, I guess. <laughs> I guess I don't like the term Girl Boss uh, because it sounds demeaning, and Boy King also sounds demeaning, so. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, Imodane, who is, uh, if you know the cards, Imodane is like that four mana four four that cares about instants and sorceries burning your opponent's face. Um, so Never heard of that card. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Imodane has a like wooden arm uh, and as well as like a giant hammer, and has been raiding villages. So Will decides he's going to go negotiate with Imodane uh, because she calls herself the queen, and so we have to decide well who's going to rule all of Eldraine. And uh, she just believes that the, the twins weren't actually fighting to protect Eldraine. They were off doing something else. But obviously, like, I don't know, their parents got murdered and uh, they, they went yeah. through a bunch of shit. I don't, uh, I, don't, I don't think that that has any... I mean, you got to, like, imagine as someone who can't planeswalk, the way you must think about planeswalkers, like, they're just That's never true. there. Mm -hmm. um, also... She has a bit of a barbarian thing going on is what mm -hmm. I was the vibe I was kind of getting. Um, and so it's a bit of like, I think she just thinks Will and Rowan are weak. And so she yeah. might as well like claim power because she's stronger than them. That's that's a good point to 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 put a little pin in power uh, and using your power to control Eldraine and rule uh, is one yeah. tactic that will be used, um, which will does not like to use. He is much more of a negotiator. He likes to use his words and rule from more, I don't know. I was going to say his icy heart, but that's not true at all because he's actually quite warm, um, even though he ha does have ice powers. So mm. Will suggests a duel. He says, let's do this very civilized. We shall duel for the throne and uh, we'll see who comes out on top, which Rowan doesn't think is a, a super good idea for Will to fight because you know he kind of sucks don't forget this would be like will doesn't have he lost one of his legs in strixhaven um right so he has like his it's a metal leg that he like forms ice around um which they don't bring up at all since it happened for whatever reason but hey, ice um, leg wooden arm feels fair yeah exactly so you know <laughs> it's it's perfect um who wouldn't want to see that so well, who has the advantage in that <laughs> I, had a, I feel like ice leg sounds a lot better than wooden arm but yeah like he has a, a bionic leg and she just has like a tree trunk coming out of it <laughs> it's just like a piece of a barn <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just <You> can't bend <laughs> it's, it's just like <laughs> um <laughs> anyway so uh rowan wants to fight instead uh, and so while they're dueling, there's a bunch of stuff that goes on in the duel, but it's, this is, this is the kind of thing that I, I miss a little bit sometimes in the writing where it's like, there's a lot of stuff happening, but nothing really matters. Yeah. Um, so right. <laughs> during their fight, Rowan happens to tap into something inside of her body, um, and she kind of like freaks out and uh, like explodes a little bit and tries to stop the fight in in a way that Will is being kind of pummeled on. And as there's a swing that could end him, but we don't think that Imodane's actually going to do it. But Rowan does. Um, 
she unleashes her power and well she she obliterates a mountain she yeah she like so this this is very like okay starting with a duel for power of like mm -hmm. control of eldraine love it that's great mm -hmm. it it came off it was a bit shaky though because leading up to this whole thing there's like a full conversation essentially that happens between Ivodane, Will, and Rowan. We gave you the details of what they're saying, mm -hmm. um, which is not a lot. But during this time, it's kind of told from Rowan's perspective. And then it's about I'm a Dane. And there's like a whole paragraph that's just every sentence says like she and then her. Right. But they're actually re referencing different characters. And then like in each sentence, it kind of changes. And so like, I read that paragraph. I was like, who said what I, about who to like, I, you got to throw a name in once in a while. Cause it was like, she, you know, gasped and then, or, you know, she said this and then she said that. It's like, who is speaking? <laughs> it's also, it was also confusing because there's a bit where Rowan is fighting with Will and then Imodane's fighting with Will. So you can't really. Yeah. They're both yelling at Will. And it's yeah. like, this difficult thing of like exactly what's going on. So I remember reading through that again as well. Um, but so that was a bit like it's going to be a it's going to be a rough it's going to be yeah. a rough ride. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, Rowan wants to um, stop everything and is basically trying to save her brother from Imodane. And so she goes full black mana emerges from her. This is the moment I feel that she actually is starting to uh, embrace her black mana side as we see in the card that she is now black and red and she uh, gives us our first story spotlight which is stone splitter bolt where she splits the mountain in half with her bolt of lightning and um which is our removal spell from the set and uh it freaks everybody out that's pretty fucking scary um most of the people around are all like uh, her Imodane's like barbarian folks. So they're like, oh shit. Well, uh, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> None of us knew you could do that. And it, it freaks Will out as well being like, well, I don't know why it freaked him out that much. Cause he's seen her do some crazy shit. So, yeah, like, and he knows she's like stronger than him. Why does he keep pretending that she's not? I don't understand. Like yeah, we know but... she's more powerful. It's been explicitly laid out to us. Right. It's, it's one of those weird like nuances. And this is something that, will happen over and over again in this story but i feel like people's reactions to things are too strong and too sudden um just as a way to like move the story mm -hmm. and so like they're just fighting and then rowan goes ah god like splits a mountain and then everyone's like whoa and then out of danger just runs the fuck away yeah I, I, yeah so <laughs> okay it's is it like and the whole time i'm a dane i'm a dane abandoni i don't know mm -hmm. i was gonna uh, say <laughs> what have you been saying i'll just say imodane i've been saying imodane, imodane. okay that's yeah. probably that's probably right like uh, imogen from uh Baldur's gate yeah uh totally i know that yeah. um so imodane runs into the forest and to the point that you were getting at I think this is more of like Rowan is watching an interaction and overreacting to what she is seeing and everyone else is living in the same world as Will and Imodane, but Rowan is living in this other world where she's thinking that this is a bit more serious and then so she overreacts so much so that it freaks everybody out because what she did was not uh, 
in the same world that they're in. Um, yeah. It's just so, like they spend a fair amount of time painting this picture of Imidane as this like fearless kind of warmonger. Cute, like, and then like Rowan casts lightning bolt and yeah. she's like, whoa! And just, just <laughs> and runs. Bolt. She just turns That's around true. and runs. This is also Imidane <laughs> can shoot fire. Um, so this isn't like, yeah, it's not it's like not magic like, that she's never not used seen to. magic before kind of thing. And, and Will is like using ice during the duel and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, we, we should get off of this part because this is going to take forever if we just keep talking yeah. about this. But anyway, okay. So, Emode uh, keeps running and then she realized that she has trespassed at this mysterious point with this dreamlike castle. Uh, we don't know the entity that she is speaking to, but she immediately um, shows fealty and falls to her knees and begs for forgiveness from her majesty. And then uh, a voice just asks if she is pure of heart. And then we cut to this little town. Um, so we know Imodane is somewhere else and the way she's been talking seems like she's the head honcho and now that we see that she actually has some sort of master um it gives us some sort of weird like the woods are scary vibes and uh there's a bigger force out there because until up until this point she's been the big baddie so well I guess I guess Rowan is the big baddie now but yeah with that uh stone splitter bolt um Right, so now we're in Orangeshire, mm -hmm. um, which is a small town, and they they're gonna reference it a lot. But there's a lot of sheep here. Lot of sheep <laughs> small town, and it's like so remote that the Phyrexians basically never found it. Um, so they have essentially no contact, from my understanding, of the rest of Eldraine, mm -hmm. other than the like wool trade, and so they this this part's a little hard for me to believe but they essentially like to to know that this shit happened um even though they have these merchants trading the yeah they like they know about the phyrexians and they know about the like slumber and stuff right but they just haven't seen any of it it's like it's like stories that people tell them yeah i feel like because... there are moments where kellen just didn't even know but maybe he's just too young or something. well he's a little but... boy um yeah so but we meet kellen who is walking back into his house after being bullied by the Cotter boys outside. Um, yeah. And this bullying is pretty rough. Uh, they're throwing nails and wood at him. Nails. Ugh. That's, that's just a lot, but I guess that's like rocks. So I don't know. But um, anyway, they're saying that he's a half fairy and that uh, he's the reason that everybody's asleep. So this is the first mention of the slumber. Um, so they're, they're pointing at him saying, Obviously, he is magical in some sense. So, like, you're the weird one. Uh, you do it. I think that the use of uh, fairy in this specific moment uh, fits really well with uh, the telling of bullies and stuff, and saying that uh, something that's yeah. destroying our society is uh, your fault um, is a nice allegory for some other things in our real world. So, yeah, I like that part. Great job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, um, there's also a few mentions that, you know, Callan's not the biggest fan of Orangeshire, probably because there are very few people there and the ones that are there bully him. So that would make that sense. Would make it probably kind of suck. It's also because uh, his mother and his stepdad uh, don't really tell him much about his father. 
Um, right. He doesn't really know anything that's going on with it. And they won't tell him because he's just a child. Um, so any questions he might have, he doesn't really feel like he's in the kind of place where he could actually get the information he was looking for, just because I guess his mom's not ready yet. Um, anyway, he doesn't want to believe them, um, but he does feel like he has uh, he's drawn to the woods, which is a, obviously a mysterious place where magical things happen. We are going to cut to Will, who is in the war room of Castle Vantress, now that Ardenvale has been destroyed from the Phyrexians. And um, Rowan uh, comes in and wants to fight him about how to rule the kingdom, uh, and they get in that whole thing. Um, there's a thing in Eldraine where you can only be king if you go through the trials, which the whole thing was like you go to each different castle and you have to go through their trials uh, so that you've uh, showed that you're adamant and that you can become king. That's all what uh, Throne of Eldraine was about. Um, and that he can't be king because he did not go through the uh, high king trials, which is how Rowan displays, you are not the king. But did he Did he go through the boy king trials? Yeah, what's the what's the boy king trials? It just sounds like boinking now. <laughs> yeah, the boinking trials. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Boinking, maybe not. Boy king, boinking. <laughs> Um, yeah. anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, it's so stupid. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so we, we find out that, uh, the wicked slumber, which is the purple stuff on all the knights, is how they dealt with the Phyrexians. Um, but it happens to persist and people are still asleep and they don't really know why, and they don't know how to wake them up. So there's, we're living in a world where a bunch of knights and people are just, asleep with this purple stuff around them and uh everyone just lives with it and you just kind of step aside and you just don't touch him and uh yeah that's 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 how it goes <laughs> yeah uh anyways they get into this fighting this argument like you said will's all like oh why did you split that mountain why did you intervene all right totally she was gonna not kill me and yield for some reason. Rowan was like, why would she do that? That makes no sense. Also, you're not High King. And then uh, Rowan's like, screw you, and tries to bamf out of there. Um, unfortunately, she can't. So mm -hmm. Rowan and Will, I believe they like shared a spark or something. Yes. But that spark is gone. And this is yeah. how... I don't know if they both kind of can feel that and learn it at the same time, or if just she knows it because she's the one that tried to use it. Yeah, this is from I feel her like perspective. They both would probably know. There, you know, maybe Will knows, but we know for sure that Rowan does because we're Rowan in her knows, perspective. Yeah. Um, and so she's the one who's trying to uh, obviously planeswalk out of there, and she just doesn't really understand why she can't. Um, but also, uh, she boils it down to because they share a spark and they know they share a spark. They can only planeswalk together. So if Will doesn't want to go, then I don't think she can go by herself. So I don't even know if it's at this moment she just thinks the spark's gone. I think that she just knows. Then why why would she even like try? <laughs> when he's obviously Be not gonna go. That's true. Um I don't know. That's just what she's, I was thinking. Just because she's a hothead. Yeah, and she just had the impulse, maybe. Um anyway, now we are gonna cut back to Kellen, who is walking with his mom and his sheepdog Hex by the woods. Um, and he's doing the classic, like, oh, I'm going to race my dog up to the top of this hill. So they, like, run up to the top. 
And then uh, he gets there as his mom's walking behind him and he looks to his left and he sees this enchanted archway. And he's like, oh, that's kind of cool and blue and different. That seems like yeah. an adventure. How, how nice. Um, so he obviously waits for his mom to get there before he goes in the this weird archway, right? Just to make sure that it's safe. Of course not. <laughs> he just goes through. Mm -hmm. um, doesn't even say anything. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't even wait until, like, nightfall or something. He just, like, pieces out. Like, sorry we're on an afternoon walk. Now I'm gone. Bye. Yeah, see like, you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> so just, Don't so, wait up. I will yeah. be forever, but it'll be forever yeah. before I'm back. And so that brings us to our story spotlight card into the Fey Court, uh, which is our five-minute draw spell where you make a little, little dude. Um, anyway, who does he find on the other side of this portal and he come, as he comes into the Fey Court? Well, he meets uh, Lord Talion. Talion? Talion. Sure. Um, the sort of lord of the Fey in El Train. Uh, Lord Talion knows exactly who Kellen is um, and allegedly knows who his father is. But oh. of course, the Fae don't give things out for free. And so he will not tell him who his father is. But Kellen does learn that the, uh, what were they, the Cotter boys mm -hmm. may have been onto something in alleging that he is half Fae. So, of course, knowing that uh, Talion knows something about his father, he can't get that information anywhere else, and he believes that he deserves to be somewhere else besides this dang sheep town. Um, Talion offers him a quest, which is very enticing, uh, and this will break the curse of the Wicked Slumber, because the Wicked Slumber was started by three witches named Agatha the Hungry, Cruel Hilda, and the Beguiling Ariette. And if he can go and defeat these three witches, he will be the hero of all of Eldraine, ending the wicked slumber, and then Lord Talion will finally tell him who his father truly is. So, of course, Kellen accepts this quest, and he goes off on his way without telling his mom or his stepdad or anybody. Yeah, I th so I get the impression that he did tell them only because the very end they seem to know all about the quest so whether he got back and told true. them or told them and then went off you know like basically him explaining any of this to his parents is off screen of, yeah yeah um but then on second thought it's like if my kid comes and tells me they're going on this quest to you know find out who their real father is to defeat witches three mm -hmm. that have started the slumber and he's like, like i don't know how old he is but it's a child i'd be like no <laughs> who's this man that talked to you in the woods like i'm gonna don't... call the police yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly but in this town it's more like let's call you know the the shepherds and they're gonna get their shotguns and let's That's or right. i guess crossbows in this well, they're anti-fey bolts or whatever. stick yeah. Yeah. um Anyway, uh, but how old is Kellen supposed to be? I don't know. The way he talks, because he feels like he's like ten. I was gonna say some of his dialogue 
makes it seem like he's like five years old anywhere from like <laughs> five to ten years old but some I of mean, the yeah. art kind of makes him look like a teenager mm-hmm. so it's like and everyone just calls him kid I'm like i have no idea how old this character is feels like people wouldn't just let an eight-year-old like run off to the big city in search of you know it's a different plane man like they got different rules um but yeah he he definitely feels like eight to twelve that's i think that's he's written as something like that yeah he's uh, something like that anyway uh and it definitely feels like it and uh we will see that um i think our author does a good job of making him sound like a child because we'll get to some stuff that's just like holy shit kid just just shut it yeah just <laughs> stop, stop it stop it uh but we are going into episode two wandering night budding hero all right so rowan has left the uh, castle Ardenvale, fighting with her brother and she's on her own quest now to end the wicked slumber to prove that she knows how to rule Eldraine and Will doesn't because her way is right, which is get out there, find the thing, kill the thing, use your power, be strong. That's how you rule, not with a bunch of diplomacy and maps and shit, which is what Will likes to do because he's a blue mage. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I don't totally understand the point of this whole segment that happens Mm -hmm. here. But basically, she's journeying, and she's like staying with the locals. You know, people know her. They know she's mm-hmm. Rowan. They know she's you know the king's daughter. Princess. Yeah. Um, and they invite her in for food and like to maybe rest a bit because she's traveling pretty far. One of the people that offers her hospitality is i think a spider um they had eight eyes and eight Mm -hmm. arms um but obviously she didn't know that the spider says something like oh your kind needs rest or something like that yes like my kind like pulls out her sword and points it at the at the lady and the lady reveals herself to be a arachnid of some sort and then was like i gave you food and then Rowan, so I can't be an enemy. And Rowan's like, ah, for good, good, good. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, but then, like, Rowan doesn't want to sleep. And yeah. the spider's like, well, you're going to have to sleep at some point. But, like, not around you. Uh, yeah. I also didn't super get this until, like, I don't really understand why there's the, the creepy monster spider thing. Um, and there's, like, their house was beautiful. And then it's like, now I know why their house was so beautiful. It's like, because they have eight arms. They're really they, good at weaving. Yeah, I'm not really sure, um, but it, the, it kind of brings some stuff. There's like some notes about like, um, you know, rest will come for you when whether you like it or not. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's best to face it on your own terms. So essentially stop running away. Um, I, I think, think it's literally that, just to like shoehorn that line in so they can reference it later. Essentially. I wonder how much of this, because some of the story also feels like maybe some of it is weird dreams and stuff too um right because i don't really know we get into that as uh in the morning rowan then like leaves and uh makes it to some empty castle and like fights off some zombies that are just around because there's always zombies around i guess um and she uh 
finally falls asleep. But while she's doing that, as she's like going into this, uh, oh wait, no, that's a different part. Never mind. I don't want to get into that. Um, she is dreaming that she's in a tavern and she's like drinking mead. And then she looks over and she sees her dad and she's like, oh my God, ah, you're alive. Uh, and so she's hugging her parents and she's crying. And then um, Kenrith like takes off his crown and puts her on her head and tells her to go to Ardenvale, which is weird because Ardenvale is destroyed. Um, it just absolutely just ruins. Um, but it's like her, you know, cl classic Knight's Tale fever dream of like, oh, this is what I have to do. This is the swords in the lake kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah. Um, I just don't understand why the stream couldn't have happened at the end of the previous act while she was at Vantress. And then she's like, oh, I'm going to go to Ardenvale. That's that's a great point um, because now she won't be. Why Spider Lady had to, had to make I don't I don't know Spy I don't get okay I can't I don't have a place for Spider Lady. Uh, it's good she has the dream away from Will because then she doesn't tell him about it. But also she was. Mad. It must be some reference to a character we're like supposed to know. There's some like secret Spider Lady that, and then it's like oh Spider Lady helped Roland. Yeah, or something. I don't know. It's shielded. <laughs> yeah. It's always shielded. Yeah, always shielded. So anyway, um, as uh, Rowan goes on her quest to Ardenvale, that brings us to story spotlight number three, which is Rowan's Grim Search, our black uh, draw spell. Um, but we're going to just leave Rowan on that little search for a while because we are cutting back to Kellen, who is in Edgewall. Um and he's asking some people about witches because that's what a child would do in a new town. Just like, hey, do you know where witches are? Have you heard of witches before? I'm supposed to yeah. kill them. He's like, <laughs> I must defeat some witches. Do you know where they are? <laughs> Which is like, oh, kid. Oh, a little scamp. Um, yeah. He heads out of the inn and to find a uh, sleeping knight he's got all the purple wisps on him we know he's with the wicked slumber and as he's about to touch him a girl stops him and explains that you might catch the wicked slumber if you touch the people who have it um we don't know if this is confirmed or true because i would assume that if there's one person sleeping there would probably be multiple people sleeping around them in, in bunches yeah yeah that's not the case so i am guessing that this is just kind of a myth to be like, don't fuck with the sleeping people because, I mean, that's just rude. But yeah, um, yeah. I think like the main sort of thing we learn here is that the curse is spreading. Mm -hmm. So it kind of seemed like, oh, we put everyone to sleep as a way of protecting the plane. Uh, some people are still asleep. That kind of sucks. You know, most of us woke up. Or some of us woke up uh, and went on with life. But it's like actually this thing is spreading more and more mm -hmm. people are still falling asleep it's true okay yeah um, and people are really nervous about that which is why they won't touch they don't know how it's happening so they obviously don't want to go anywhere near of course um, the sleeper mm -hmm. so that's kind of <clears throat> like of note i guess that it's in it, our it wasn't world. a one and done exactly this is, uh, this is a this problem Ongoing. is getting worse yeah um, eventually, uh, the girl re uh, reveals herself to be Ruby, which is our little uh, Gruel Manadork with the hood. Uh, mm -hmm. Ruby Hood, she's our Talked sleep. About uh, her a few weeks ago. Yeah, Red Riding Hood. Um, but uh, not until she mentions that her brother is missing and asks Kellen if he has seen him. 
um, so we have them talking about uh, that kind of stuff and um, they they talk a lot about like heroes and families and kind of like oh well you know I always stick with my family Kellen says all the time which I don't fucking understand because no you didn't you just left I know he literally said that <clears throat> and I was like at the first opportunity that presented itself in this story you left your family mm -hmm. and you were bitching the whole time about how you hate your home <laughs> like, yeah it's like it basically Kellen is thinking in his mind that his only family is his father who he doesn't know and so then he is doing mm -hmm. everything in his power to get to his father or know more about his father while leaving his real family behind and pretending that they're not actually his family which is just I mean like I know people do that but it's just infuriating to just sit and listen to someone where you can't be like yeah. bro like no <laughs> You're fucking this shit up. Um, you are not a family comes first kind of guy. You're not. It's okay, man. That's fine. You don't have to be, but like, just don't say that you are because you're just lying. Um, anyway, they, they decide to team up. Uh, so um, Ruby will help Kellen with the witches and his father and all that stuff. And then Kellen's going to help Ruby find her brother. Um, and they head out towards Dunborough, where the witches are, I guess. Um, and... Yeah, of course. That's where all the witches are. Um, and there's something like they somebody there would know. There's a, I don't know. Yeah, some somebody told them something. There's a very loose like hook as to why they would decide to go there. But yeah. also their children, right? So it's like I know we should go here because that's one of the places I know that I know exist. Um, but on their travels, uh, Kellen sees a bunch of scraps of metal that are just lying around by the side of the road. And this is where you're alluding to that Kellen actually doesn't understand what Phyrexians are. And Ruby has to explain the Phyrexian right. war and what happened because Kellen is homeschooled and is an idiot. <laughs> yes. There's an even more, there's an even more offensive to me thing that Kellen doesn't know that will come up in the next, uh, chapter where i was just like okay come on <laughs> like are you serious yeah. um anyway kellen has a really hard time looking at the scraps of metal because they're just so gross um yeah <laughs> there's uh <laughs> oh right okay so there's <laughs> there's a pixie that's around um mm -hmm. as they're getting closer to where they're trying to go and it like throws an apple at ruby no, 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 sorry. Ruby throws an apple at it. That's right. Right. Um, no, the pixie, like, uh, Ruby trips or something. Like, the pixie plays some sort of mild prank and then yeah. laughs at, at Ruby. And so Ruby just pegs it with an apple, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's when Kellen's like, oh, wow, Ruby has really good aim. And that's just going to be important, I guess, that Ruby's a, is Ruby's better at fighting than than Kellen. I think just like in our magic stories, like our female characters are just better at fighting than our male characters. And we should just like, yeah. that's just how it is. That's just, that should be the default assumption. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's just like, this struck me as, not, the, not that the author used many words on this pixie scene. Mm -hmm. It's just that you have so few words and way too much story to tell. Why is this pixie? scene here you can display that ruby is dexterous in any number of ways yes and, and we... like i don't know what else i'm supposed to glean from this that she's impulsive maybe like i don't know if a pixie was bugging me i'd throw something at it too <laughs> it's true but like we have a moment right now where then we see an arrow fly by and graze kellen's nose and then we look over and we see a wolf knight 
um, mm -hmm. if we know um, uh, there's there's a couple cards that have a wolf knight on it in the set, but um, that is coming after them. Uh, and so now he's running away from that, and this is a perfect chance where we could actually use some of those skills that we don't have to have mm -hmm. the, the pixie thing about. Um, yeah, I wonder if the point is like, oh, I trust Ruby now, so I'll go along with her plan as we're running away from Wolf Knight because she threw that apple at the pixie. Yeah, like we, we would have done it anyway. Such a stretch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So while they are um, running away, we see some witch stalkers, and witch stalkers are like these uh, wolves that uh, are scary. One is called Territorial Wolf Stalker from the set, which uh, I guess they hunt magic, and uh, Ruby is able to run right past them because they don't care about her, and Kellen is really worried that he's going to be magical and the witch stalkers are going to eat him. Um, because he believes that he is it's half a gamble because he's like i'm half fairy i think yeah. oh no he is told by the italian that he is half fairy. right at this point um, i mean it's still fairies are known for trickery zoo that's true but but kellen's again is an idiot so kellen is 100 percent <laughs> sure he's half fairy at this point yeah uh however they don't seem to care about him so hey kellen's alive that's fantastic um all of this seems a little bit not so and then the witch stalkers end up um uh, getting fought by the wolf knight and they kind of disappear into the woods so it all kind of feels like uh nothing really mattered <laughs> yeah the, um, the reason i, I want to bring something up that i think we didn't quite mention um is there's a before they set off on this adventure okay ruby says something like oh you're a hero you don't even have a sword oh right 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 and so Callan reveals that lord talion gave him two hilts so they are essentially like a sword without the blade <laughs> without the good part and so he just shows these like handles and she's i've got these um and he was also slightly worried that those might be magical yeah. right 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 because i'm which they, they are, are. <laughs> like I don't think I'm spoiling anything to say that. So I don't really understand why the witch stalkers um, didn't care didn't, about him. I don't really know either because like he like throws one at one of the wolves and it like it basically bounces he throw, off of oh, them. Yeah, he throws and, it, it at the wolf knight. It bounces yeah. off and like flies right back to Kellen's hand. And Ruby's yeah. like, oh my God, I have to do everything. Like, come on. And, and that seems pretty fucking magical to me. So I don't really understand. Yeah. But, Anyway, the whole reason we have this is so that we can have story spotlight number four, which is Witchstalker Frenzy, which is a fantastic removal spell in limited. Um, I, I don't know. Um, more about the Witch Knight and the, the Wolf Knight. Sorry, not the Witch Knight. Um, in a little bit. Uh, but after this little thing happens, Kellen notices a cabin. And he also notices that it must be a witch's cabin for some reason yeah i mean sweet he's played the, enough witch's cabin from the original old train set oh right 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 like absolutely yeah. uh so they creep up to this cabin and look into the window and they see a real live witch and there is a cauldron there as well as a knight that is tied up behind her uh so <laughs> Kellen is trying to think of a plan. All right, what do we do? So there's a witch and a knight, and we got to kill the witch. Um, let's uh, let's split up. 
let's yeah. <laughs> I'll sneak around the back, you sneak around the front, and uh, we'll we'll get her that way. Um, but as he's doing that, he sees that now the wolf knight it comes back and is going towards Ruby, and so he's like, okay. Now, do I go into the cabin, confront the witch, or do I try to help save Ruby, my new friend from the witch knight? And he decides that fuck everyone he ever has emotional connections with, go inside and fight the witch. Yeah. Mind boggling, this kid. Fucking marbles for To brains. his credit, he sort of tried to justify it as the plan is go in, kill the witch, free the knight, have the knight kill the wolf knight, and therefore everything is okay everything is hunky-dory all right i all right i i will give you that but i still just see it as another abandonment of his friend but oh for sure it's a theme yeah. it's a theme the other theme that starts here i would argue and, and continues throughout which i actually think is kind of interesting is that kellen thinks he has plot armor which of course he does. He's the main character of the story. But I mean, like, oh, yeah, he, he knows all these hero tales, and he's already decided that he's a hero or he's gonna be a hero. Mm -hmm. Which means he can't. He believes like he can't actually die. He will sort of meet mm -hmm. adversity, but will overcome it because the no hero what. always does. Mm -hmm. And that's why he's just like, let's just improvise. Let's run in there. You know, like I don't need yeah. a plan. I'm the hero. And yes. uh, it's like classic, like a little kid has read too many stories, mm -hmm. except that this is also one of those stories, which I thought was interesting, like yeah. sort of self-awareness that the author put in there. All right, I like it's that. like infuriating because it's like, ah, I'm so annoyed that he's right, but he's mm -hmm. like so stupid, but he does have plot armor. <laughs> yeah. And this is exactly what happens is that Kellen sneaks into the cabin. He sees the witch, Agatha, by her cauldron, Agatha's cauldron, and he just pushes her in the cauldron and she dies instantly. Like, yeah, I'm sort of curious about the setup this witch had. Did she, she had a raised platform and then a massive fucking bubbling cauldron right below? Like, this is like a Mortal Kombat. Like, I, I uppercut you and you're fucking and then you, dead. You fly like, up. It's. Yeah, this is exactly what happens, because that's story spotlight number five, Feed the Cauldron, um, which just shows him pushing her in, and uh, apparently that was it, and that's it. Like, that's literally Agatha in the story, that's it, that's what happens. We, she never yeah. speaks, really. I guess she might, like, sing or something when we hear it, but, like, <laughs> all right. Well, First like, how one... big is this kid? If there's a full-grown adult and the cauldron's just, like, at my waist, you know? Kid's not pushing me in there. I know, but you're not a witch. She, how old I is see. Agatha? Yeah. I don't know. Does she look super old? I don't know. The art makes him look the same size as her too. It's, like, it's true. It does. How old is Kellen? <laughs> I, he does I, these I, athletic things that you don't think an eight-year-old can do. <laughs> he speaks like either the world's dumbest teenager or an eight-year-old. Yeah, I don't know. She looks pretty tall. I think that if you just like. If she was leaning over it, like trying to sip it, it's like at then... her hip. Basically. Yeah, so yeah. You have to, you have to hit her in the upper body to lever her, or I guess like grab her legs and, you know, like head, do some head... sort of WWF kind of. If you like go in and headbutt her in the butt, and then she falls in, maybe. But like the picture, she was like leaning over it. Yeah, about to sip it. But she looks like, like she's falling in sideways in the picture. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, uh, the physics don't really make sense to me, but it happens. She's dead. Um, hooray. Yeah. In, um, insta-death. 
wins to death. Uh, the knight is very thankful that was tied up, and the knight also happens to have one wooden arm and owns a hammer. So uh, that's Imodane, and Agatha must obviously be the witch that she ran into the woods to talk to earlier. Right. She um, ran into the ran away from Rowan, ran right into Agatha. Agatha's like, "Are you pure part? Mm-hmm. Because I want to eat you." I guess yeah. was the line that we missed. Yes, because um, that's really important so that she can be younger and um, spryer so she doesn't fall into her cauldron. Uh, yeah, and also Agatha spent the whole time like taunting Imadane, just saying, I'm going to eat you. Do you know what spices you taste nice with? Yada, yada, yada. And that's right, 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 right. Kellen the opportunity to basically walk right in and push her into her own function. Yeah, brewing. Classic brewing blindness. Um, yep. So uh, Ruby bursts in because the Wolf Knight is after them. Now Kellen is trying to um, uh, get Imodane up to protect them, except for Imodane is super fucked up from uh, something. We don't know. She does not. She didn't look like this when she like left the fight earlier. So something fucked yeah. her up in the woods before she got so here. It, it is the Wolf Knight who messed her up. Yes. So the Wolf Knight was under Agatha's. Oh, I guess we should. We haven't said that part yet. Well, we're getting to that right now. Would you go ahead? (laughs) The wolf knight bursts in and then is like, oh, Ruby, hey, I've been looking everywhere for you. And they're like, dude, you just tried to kill us. And he's like, it's me, your brother, Peter. And uh, and they're like, oh, Peter, we came to find you. Turns out Peter, the wolf knight, was under Agatha's spell. Mm -hmm. And he basically looks to Imadan and be like, Sorry, I was under her spell. That's why I fucked you up so bad. And Imidane was like, okay, it was two against one, though, just so you know. Like, it was you and the witch. So, that was yeah, fine. that's not why I got hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and then Peter's just like, whatever. And I'm reuniting with my sister. So, if you could, like, not be in the scene anymore, that'd be great. Yeah. And then she fucking just. I guess leaves, um, and then they they want to prove to Lord Talion that they did in fact kill the witch. So um, they're like, "Hey, let's take her cauldron." And so Peter agrees to carry the cauldron because he's the adult in the situation um, and he's strong. And uh, they do that. Um, now I'm just imagining like, is he just like, "Okay, back up," and then he dumps this disgusting like who knows what happened oh, to right, the body at right. this point he's not yeah. gonna carry it full of, full death of liquid, right? probably not like, yeah give me a sec yeah. he dumps it out on the, floor. <laughs> the body seat. of the witch, Megan yeah. the witch just, like, <laughs> bouncing around eyeballs everywhere and shit. they dump it out and it's like the skeleton of the witch but like she has a witch's hat you know like the classic <laughs> yeah exactly it's part of her skeleton and in the back with a garden hose just like yeah. it off a bit. <laughs> uh, he flips it over his head and carries it like this yeah, exactly. um, anyway so they go to lord talion somehow getting there i'm not exactly sure how they know how to get there right now because later they have i think like talion opens the portal for them they just kind of walk out and he's he just just knows that's well i guess that's great for them um so talion gives kellen the task of finding the mirror of indralon uh because hilda conceals herself so she's like invisible and you have to use the mirror to figure out where she is, I guess. Um, however, don't worry. I know exactly where the mirror is. I also really, you know, simply the other day, I like planted some beans. Uh, and mm-hmm. now there's a beanstalk you can climb to get to the castle in the clouds where the mirror is. So uh, lucky for you. I already did all this hard yeah, work for you. You're very welcome. Yeah. Um, 
it's like I knew that you were coming to the portal, but I guess he did because he put the portal out by his house in the first place. So, you know, it's all Italian's master plan. Um, also, Ruby decides that she will also come along, or I guess I think Kellen asks her. I can't remember exactly how that went down, but um, yeah, she... basically like Kellen's like, "Man, you threw that apple real good." I'm gonna need you by my side. <laughs> Just and Ruby's like, man, you push that witch into that cauldron. Like you are a hero. Let's yeah, go. Let's go. And Peter's like, you know what? I'm uh I kind of tired from carrying the uh the cauldron all the way over the here. So I'm just really heavy, guys. I'm, <laughs> guys, I'm gonna take a breather for an episode. You guys go on, I'll see you in the next one. <laughs> Maybe Italian could have just like maybe we just could have taken her witch's hat or something instead of mm -hmm. the cauldron, but uh yeah, I'm gonna have to sit this one out. Yeah. retrospect it wasn't a great idea <laughs> to carry the big ass gauntlet yeah. no uh, <laughs> anyway um that is the end of episode two uh whew, that was a lot of stuff to get through in the first two i wasn't uh thinking it was going to take that long hopefully we can blaze through next few of these but before we blaze through I the next ones... about these. i'm like nothing happened we'll talk about it instantly <laughs> i'm like how does nothing happen but this was in there that's what yeah. i'm gonna object to. it happens uh every drunken fourth though so get ready for the rest of this because it's going to be a ride uh but yeah. jeff before that let's get our next beer and uh, go on a beer break i miss beer breaks i love beer breaks <laughs> All right, so we have our second beer of the evening, 204, and this is Hacker Shore. This is their Keller beer, which is like a unfiltered lager. It is, as I finish pouring it, I want to look at the specs. So this beer is from Germany. It's 5.5%, and it was founded in 1417. Um, that's the actual one. There's a little thing on the, the can that says uh, the Bavarian Purity Law, which is 1516. Uh, however, up at the top, we can obviously say that the brewery started in 1417. Um, barely 600 years old. Come on. Yeah, crazy. Um, all right. So <clears throat> let us get back right into stuff because, uh, you know, that's what we're here for. It is... Episode no, number three. Not, we're supposed to be on tangents and beat around the bush a lot. I'm not really talking about what that. Happens. How about that's your job? I'll try to keep us on track and you'll be over here. <laughs> so Good far, I, th I think you're winning. Um, so this yeah. is episode three, Two Great Banquets. So we open on uh, Rowan, for, for whatever reason, um, is at this tavern and she's reading a letter by that Will sent her uh it's just basically him not apologizing um <laughs> I'm it's a real sure. dick move what he mm -hmm. says but i could also totally see this like during a sibling dispute mm -hmm. the whole i'm never gonna admit that i'm wrong you should see the air of your ways like i know more you always do this. You run away. Like, from I got higher problems. grades at Strixhaven. Don't mm -hmm. you remember that? Yeah. Like, and, and I want her to slide in the, and I'm the one who stopped the demon thing and you lost your leg. Do you remember that part? Like, yeah. nerd. <laughs> your grades did not fucking matter at that school. Um, anyway. Uh, so uh, yeah, she. I'm surprised that experience didn't humble Will a little bit. Uh, yeah. He. Like that what whole I, okay, you're I know you're trying to get me off topic, but here we go. Okay. 
So Rowan heads out to Ardenvale, and as she approaches, she sees more and more of this purple, like, wicked slumber mist stuff. And so uh, Rowan blasts a hole through the gates of Ardenvale, and then she sees all these, like, slumbering knights that are uh, actually moving around and, like, kind of fight her. Um, yeah. And she can't really talk well, to them or reason with them. They're all, like, asleep, obviously. Yeah. Sort of zombies, but mm -hmm. not really. They're, they're alive. They're mm -hmm. sleeping. They're just sort of clearly in a trance. Mm -hmm. um, I just love the idea that she blasted the gates open. Like, that's the mood she's in. Because, yeah. like, she definitely knows how to get through this gate. Like, she yeah. lived there her whole life. Fuck this. Um, explodes like shatters everywhere. This actual moment of her walking through uh, reminds me a lot of when we were in uh, Thraben during Innistrad with the zombies because uh, Rowan knows all the different knights that are asleep, right? Personally, because this is her old home, and so it uh, has that same semblance of like when we were in um, Thraben with somebody finding somebody's dad. I can't remember. Um, right. Right. But uh, that was just, it's by the same author and it felt exactly the same to me, um, which is cool. That that tie-in yeah. was really nice. Um, so this is one of those things I feel like the author does pretty well. Yes. Um, yeah, like these would have been knights she probably grew up with, right? Mm -hmm. And they followed like knighthood. Yeah, uh, like could have... Like, tactics classes with them or whatever. Mm -hmm. you know? Which she has already said that she's always been much better than Will. He's always struggled and she's always been superior. Um, so yeah. these were people that taught her skills. Really seem like there's anything that Will is better at. He just thinks he's better at it. He's cooler than her. Ah! She's <laughs> <a lot> of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um Anyway, so she does her best to kind of fight them off, but um, without harming anybody and not actually, like, hurting people. Um, yeah. Which is nice. Like, it shows that she's she's pissed. Mm -hmm. But she's not in a, I'm going to blow a hole in my old friend's face yeah. kind of pissed. <laughs> it also shows that she is tactical and she is smart and uh, can right. understand that this is a temporary problem that she's trying to fix and that uh, she doesn't want to damage anyone in the process and she has a heart like it's it's all the things that will was kind of saying that she doesn't have and just like no i i have all that stuff like it's not just you right. like i'm not this crazy mountain destroying my heart on my sleeve doesn't yeah. mean i'm not like a thinker yeah classic blue mages against red mages you know um yeah so uh as she enters the interior of ardenvale uh it looks as though there's like some sort of celebration going on i guess there's like a lot more people in fine clothing and people dancing together which then reminds me of <laughs> the wedding um and so yeah. it, it's all getting these weird like going into a castle <laughs> with like i don't know all these all these innistrad stuff it feels like it's coming back it's all very eerie um and as Rowan walks past all these dancing couples, they look so nice. And then they kind of like try to grab her, uh, which she artfully dodges, um, which is bringing us to our story spotlight number six, which is Eerie Interference, a card that I don't even remember what it does. So. Isn't this like the fog? I yeah. It's a fog. It, which is, it's a white fog. I which can't is... open the link that you have, but. Oh yeah, it's the one sided fog, right? Yeah, that is just not really worth playing. Um, 
anyway, so she keeps trudging in, dodging blows, and then she finally has a hand that grabs her, and there's a figure that reveals themselves, and it is Ashiok, who uh, Rowan knows uh, for some reason. I don't really know. Did they ever meet? Um, uh... I, so... I was thinking about that as well, and the, I reread it, and the way I now interpret that scene, which could also be wrong, is that like uh, the name Ashiok comes into her head, or like oh. it's like, Ashi- like it's how Ashiok communicates or speaks. Got it. Because so Ashiok is our like nightmare planeswalker that doesn't have a mouth. I don't think so. I think they communicate telepathically. Yeah, but I don't know if they like literally don't have a mouth. Um, no, yeah. I think they have a mouth, but they probably only unleash random like horrific screams or something. I don't know. It's that's how I read when I reread it because I was like, why would they know each other? Mm-hmm. When I reread it, I was like, I wonder if it's like, oh, and then there's a figure, and then like the name Ashiok or something kind of just pops in. Yeah, I mean, that... and so it feels like you recognize them or whatever because you're being told. Yeah. Are you doing a mouth search now? Ashok definitely has a mouth. Ashok does not yeah. have eyes. That's that's the one. Right. Ashok yeah. has no eyes. Um, but uh, yeah, sorry, mouth search real quick. Um, yeah, so okay, that makes a lot more sense that it's just kind of like uh, put into her her mind as opposed to her actually recognizing Ashiok being like hey there buddy uh which is what it right. felt like which then it again is like is this because Ashiok communicates and mm-hmm. or like is the nightmare mass puppet puppeteer mm-hmm. it's like is this a dream is this real yeah, like what they're parts in that of... sort of fugue-like state where Ashiok can just put things in your mind yeah and then you start to think like well if ashok's around how much of the things we experience or have seen how much of it is real is the Mm -hmm. spider woman real we don't know that could have been a dream um uh, or at least we can blame it on ashok if anything seems off um anyway right was seeing her parents the only dream or was the whole thing a dream yeah exactly so oh shit (laughs) eldraine inception um so Ashiok denies being the source of the slumber which is um and just yeah points past the purple which is a thing that we we all believe her them yeah I don't know Uh, Um, but uh so there's a woman sitting at the table who lifts up a goblet to Rowan and invites Rowan to sit down with her and uh, she has a shining apple next to her so Obviously, this is Ariant. Um, another one of those things where, like, we get a bunch of explaining things, and we have to just infer this is the other witch. Um, but we know because we have the cards and the art. Um, so, sorry, as I'm trying to stifle a burp. Um, so this next part is actually kind of interesting. So it seems as though Ariette was um the one sending rowan those dreams so ariette also has dream powers um which is interesting to me because i would assume that the only reason ashiok is there is to do the dream stuff however ashiok seemingly has no purpose i I really don't don't understand why ashiok is here in the story at all yeah i so 
maybe this is a bit of a spoiler because I was wondering that the whole time Mm -hmm. and I only sort of started thinking this by what happens at the very end but yeah should uh, we wait until the end to talk about it or yeah maybe we'll say right now there's uh something happens why is Ashiok here because I honestly at this moment I have no idea because it's so strange that Ariette's like yeah I, I sent you that vision uh remember when you had that dream about your dad at Ardenvale and stuff yeah I sent that to you um but it's because uh we have like blood we're blood relatives um so we find out uh talking with her is like uh rowan will and rowan's real mother was ariette's sister who kenrith killed and saved the twins from so i think in their history we know that uh the king kenrith had saved the children from a witch and then his wife queen linden uh, was not their real mother um, however, now we're realizing that, like, okay, so Ariette's sister was their mom. Was King Kenrith really their dad? Did he fuck a witch and then have these twins and then come back and get them? Because that sounds like a very white king thing to do. And I I think that that's definitely what happened. Yeah, so he banged, banged the witch, she yeah. had kids, and then he came back and killed that witch. To take the kids take the kids and i guess linden yeah which is uh we will talk about later um what role that witch played in in the whole thing but um yeah this this is one of those instances where i feel like um rowan believes this awfully quickly like a witch is telling me that my mom is a witch yeah well that all makes sense well fuck i mean like it's interesting because to me all i've known from rowan is that like people people her bro her broen her brother misunderstands her constantly and they still don't really understand why they are planeswalkers and have magic powers and their dad does not and their mom their mom queen linden we know that queen linden isn't their mom but um their dad doesn't really have powers so it's kind of like, where did this come from? Why are we these magic beings? I don't really understand. Um, not only why are we planeswalkers, but why do we have like ice powers or whatever? And fire, or I guess she has lightning powers. It's not specifically, it's not actually fire. Um, but I feel like she was using fire in Strixhaven or something, right? Or was it still no, lightning? No, I think it's just all lightning because she crackles oh, with power, right? Yeah. Right, okay. They're very specific with who does fire and who does lightning. And, um, Except she, Jaya did both. Yeah, because Jaya is awesome. But Chandra's only does fire. That was awesome. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Jaya was awesome before she got fucking wrecked. Go check out <laughs> Dominary United for that one. Um, yeah. But uh, anyway, so we yeah, know so that... It just happens a bit too quickly. I agree that, like, yeah, she's validating Ron's feelings, which no one ever really does. Mm-hmm. But it's still like, this is a fucking witch, man. <laughs> Don't just take their word for it. Helen's at least eight when he takes the fucking it's, tricky fairy gods like word for something. It's true, but we know that Rowan is like ostracized. She's ostracized herself from society and has no real friends and will not apologize to her brother and is just looking for a partner. I didn't actually have a hard time jumping on board with this. It kind of just like, I was like sick um, just because of the way that she interacts with the entire world. Um, 
it seems like it's interesting just... because like these stories are so short and there's so much mm-hmm. to fit in that like in a novel i would expect some more background about her wondering about her mom, real mom and stuff totally and, like, and then area just being there with everything she needs at the right time well i'm really glad that we didn't have more of that because kellen gives us enough of that with his dad i didn't need yeah. another story with them no mom. like i'm glad that wasn't included but it yeah. still does kind of feel like Ariet's just like, hey, jump on board with my plan. And yeah. I like, guess, you know what? My brother's a dick. So, yes. Mm-hmm. I think it did. Yeah. Having the backstory of like Will and Rowan at Strixhaven and how annoying that was, being like, yeah, Rowan is. Rowan. <laughs> Rowan just feels out of place, you know? Um, yeah. Even though most of that story was Will feeling like he's ostracized, but he's just a little bitch he's so annoying yeah. he's a real <laughs> drag man <laughs> oh, the fucking... god they're so annoying anyway <clears throat> so we know that kenrith uh, fucked a witch and he then killed her blue white wouldn't he yeah <laughs> i care about life game uh anyway we know that uh, king kenrith is kind of a scumbag and now i don't really like him anymore like you know but that's whatever. the other thing she doesn't seem to lose any respect for her father from this revelation that's true that's crazy i guess she always just i would of... be like dad what the fuck? you killed my mom to take my stepmom like and me i guess and in me it's so weird anyway um so uh but like you know on the on the same side king kenrith with a witch like must have been a magical night um anyway ariette uh fully explains uh all the things and and rowan's just immediately on board and like joins her being like Ariet also can like control the slumbering dreaming people and she's explaining that like the wicked slumber isn't a bad thing for them like everyone who's asleep is living a perfect world like everything that they want all their dreams are coming true it's not like they're in hell or like some sort of it's very like matrixy yeah exactly they they took the I don't remember which pills which pill but they took the blue one it's a guess I don't know. I took both of them when they gave them to me. So, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happens when you take both? Yeah. <laughs> you split apart. You have one Will and one Rowan, and that's what happens. Um, yeah, interesting. Should they do another Matrix thing with Will and Rowan, and you have to like they have their? I guess no. It's the next universe is <laughs> <beyond>. yeah. <laughs> the Will pills or the Rowan pills. Um, Will Rowan and Neo. Yeah, Neo. <laughs> all right uh enough of that so uh rowan decides you know what the sleeping people are fine uh nothing's wrong with that um let's just practice the magic with my cool auntie ariette and we get story spotlight number seven twisted fealty our threaten one of our two threat effects in the set yes and uh, now i was actually gonna say i liked the inclusion however brief Mm-hmm. of the apple in the yes. scene um because the apple is also is the other threat in effect mm-hmm. so even though while it's like it's not a story spotlight mm-hmm. i like <laughs> like there's no real reason to write the apple in there other than the witch and the poison apple like scheme yeah. but it's not like anybody eats that poisoned apple so it, it didn't need to be there yeah but i like that they included it mm-hmm. um i will also wonder Ariette's thing you know the apple is just mentioned or there but how much of that apple do you have to eat for it to affect you to switch sides because maybe just the presence right. of the apple also helps um 
Yeah, and I was wondering that as well because the apple's like a threat and effect in mm-hmm. the game. So, so that could be a reason why Rowan joins her side very quickly. Um, yes. Very interesting. Hey, all right, okay. Okay, Arsenal Rivera, I, I see you. I like this. I mean, I'm sure that of a stretch but uh, i mean it's it makes me like the story more and anytime i can like something more i'm gonna take it um there's... and that's something you have to do as the author here where again you just have not enough words right yeah. like that's the theme that keeps coming up you can rely on people knowing what the card does to reference something mm-hmm. to tell a bit more story it's so true that's what they're doing here that's great uh, I just hope that they have access to seeing any cards before the story is written, because I don't know how much they get to know about this, yeah, the cards. Yeah, if, if, if they just didn't know that, then, like, they must know that Ariet's sort of... Oh, for sure. They, power, they know other that. than dream of power, course. is, like, convincing people. Or like, yeah. Um, the one thing I wanted to call out, too, before I forget, Ariet mentions that Rowan's mother... Mm-hmm was like the the most fucked of of them all like she was mm-hmm. the evilest of the witches witches yeah um, so whether you trust ariette or not she was like man that bitch was bad so then it's also like ah it's okay that she died but like i'm yeah. better it's okay than... that your dad killed her to be honest yeah, like, yeah. she's she, she kind of horrible um which in our story ariette is the worst one so yeah um all right so we are going to cut just stark cut to Kellen, Ruby, and Troyan, a new character, climbing up a beanstalk. Now, Best Tro- character in the whole. Yeah, you like Troyan? <laughs> so Troyan is this uh, the um, uh, gold signpost uncommon for the Simic Guild. Um, it's the, like, uh, Vidalkin. Makes me like him less. Yeah, eh, that's why I was surprised that you liked him in the first place. Um but we he on his card he's climbing up the or going down the beanstalk i guess i can't really tell um but that goes to our story spotlight number eight up the beanstalk uh the card that is wrecking modern right now um all right so uh troyan gives oh so they're going up the the beanstalk and holy shit is it taking forever um because it's really it, it you know what it takes a long time to climb a tree up to the clouds who thought um i really liked this because um that's always like brushed away mm-hmm. it's like oh we have this fairy tale yeah you just climb up the beanstalk and then you go to the you know, visit the cloud giants mm-hmm. it's like oh okay how long <laughs> is there other magic that's going on here like that's always just washed over and this one was like Peter hired a guide to take mm-hmm. them up because it's not easy to climb a fucking beanstalk, let alone <laughs> climb one that's, you know, how many, however many, you know, however many like fractions of Mount Everest it is. It's like, yeah. this is not just a trivial thing. Task. Yeah. Um, also, they're eight. Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's an eight year old climbing it's Mount Everest. <laughs> so, except it's just like, a, you know, the ropes in gym class. <laughs> It's just it's just like that, um, but they're leaves, and so they break sometimes. Um, yeah, sometimes they just snap. <laughs> uh, so Troyan gives Kellen a, uh, this weird potion without telling him what it is, and he's just like, "This is just going to help you. Just, yeah, yeah. just trust, trust me." me. Um, and so and Kellen's, Kellen's like, like, "Okay, <laughs> I trust you." Yeah. To be fair, you're a good climber. I would probably do it too, depending what it looked like. Um, I will drink most things, so. Um, sure, weird 
glue guy. Kevin's yeah. like, are you sure it's a bronze beer? Mm -hmm. like, oh, uh, never mind. Never mind. Uh, oh, yeah. I made One it. One thing I won't drink. <laughs> <laughs> I made this beer. Never mind. I won't. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, anyway, so uh, Kellen drinks the potion and he turns into a big fucking frog. <laughs> Which was so surprising. I just had no idea what I was expecting. And like nothing in this set makes you know that there's a fucking frog making potion. Potion of frogify. Yeah. Like we don't have, there's a, there's a card. Isn't there pongify? There's a card that turns things into, no, that turns them into like monkeys, right? What's the thing that turns them into a frog? I don't remember. Anyway, we don't have. I think it's that. frog. I think it's just called frogify. Is it just called frogify? I think so. Is there is was there one in Theros that was called Fishify? No, it was something really long and complicated, but you turn him into a fish. Anyway. Yeah, Frogify is from original Throne of Eldraine. And it turns him into a frog. Why the fuck did we not get Frogify again? I am so mad. Because that's but, obviously Okay, but this maybe uh maybe oh, right. the author like the author definitely knew about this card. But yes. they, from original throne. Maybe they didn't actually know what cards are out. They're like, I have to reference like the Something. previous sets cards. Also, to be fair, Frogify does not help your creature; it makes it worse. Um, while this Gen very uh, this frog potion is actually Bruce very good for you, one. it makes um, it makes your creature uh, very strong and have flying kind of. Um, I guess it reach. I think they're just like jumping up the beanstalk at yeah. a more accelerated is, pace. Because so now. So now uh, Kellen has turned into a frog and Ruby climbs on his back and they hop up to the top to yep. Stormkeld. Important at this moment is that Troyan gave Kellen two potions, one for Ruby and one for Kellen. Ruby did not want to drink the potion. And so Kellen just stashed Sorry. that one for later. Um, maybe, yeah. probably not, but like, eh, you know. If it comes up, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So they get up to Stormkeld, which is the uh, castle. And they run over to the castle, but it takes fucking forever. So now it's nighttime because, well, you have to climb up a giant beanstalk and then walk on clouds until you get to a castle. It just takes a really long time. But what All I right. liked about the Trojan thing was like, okay, he was hired for uh, to guide them up. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like basically what he did is just like run ahead and wait for them. He's like, all right, guys, like, come on. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're not master beanstalk climbers. And he's like, what? My first time climbing a beanstalk. I've never even fucking seen a giant beanstalk. <laughs> and they're like, okay, well, we paid you a lot of money to help us get up. And all you're doing is like running ahead, making it look easy. That's not actually helping. He's like, you know what? That's a pretty good point. Here, have this yeah. potion of frogify. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> Just like the way that all transpired. It's like because you've all we've all had the teacher, where they just show you that they're better than you at it, and it's like okay, but it's not how teaching works. Like I already that's like your how you market yourself. You prove to me that you're better than me at it, mm -hmm. so I hire you as a teacher. Now that I've hired you, you help me. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like running up and then being like, man, you guys are so slow. <laughs> You're the guide. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh... <laughs> Great character. Because then he's just like, oh, you know what? You are right. That is, you are correct. You paid me a lot of money. Here, well, have these books. It is good. I because... could have just given you at the beginning, I guess. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> they uh, continue to go, I think, in frog form towards the castle, and they leave Troyan behind. Um, and so at that moment, I thought that we were just leaving him at the beanstalk, and it was just like, okay, bye. Uh, we're going to go. But then he ends up catching up to them, and there was no reason that they did that at all. Because um, he's a good climber. So yeah, he just climbed on his own. Quickly. Anyway, um, I, I just meant, I thought that they got to the castle and just like, we're like, fuck Troyan. Like, he's not going to come to the castle with us. And then he did. And I was like, <laughs> why did we even talk about this? I think there was a line where they were like, he'll catch up. Yeah, or something. Went. I just don't know why it matters. <laughs> like, yeah. That's, that's basically what Troy I mean. and, okay, I don't want to give anything away, but it's quite important. For, okay. Uh, the rest of the story. All right, so um, we're coming towards the castle, and we're thinking that because it's nighttime, we can uh, sneak up on the giants and uh, get to the mirror while they're asleep. However, the ground keeps shaking every once in a while in uh, about like a a six eight pattern. Um, uh, six eight, yeah, six eight. Um, and they're trying to figure out why. Six eight. So this is why Troyan is so. I don't know really. Uh, I I w think a waltz is a six eight. Yeah, uh, I'm not high society enough. Um, they uh, so they get there and they're like, oh shit, what do we do? Yeah. And then Troyan shows up and they're mm -hmm. like, Troyan, there's earthquakes, man. What do we do? And Troyan's like, oh, why don't you try counting these alleged earthquakes, you fools? Mm -hmm. And then Ruby's like, oh shit, yeah, that's. That's in six eight. This isn't an earthquake. These are, they're dancing, and then Kellen doesn't fucking know what dancing is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no joke. He's legitimately like dancing. What's that? And like keeps counting, trying to figure it out on his own. And then Ruby's like, they're doing a waltz, and he's like, huh? And he's like, well, I did see my mom and my stepdad like twirling around one time. Maybe that's what they're talking about. And I was like, okay, Kellen doesn't know what the Phyrexians are. Fine. Nobody yeah. told him. Kellen doesn't know what dancing is. <laughs> Fuck off. Oh. <clears throat> Come on. <laughs> my toddler dances. Uh, <laughs> Get yeah. out of here. Oh. Uh. I forgot about that part and <laughs> I'm I'm from a sheep town. We don't dance. Yeah, we're, he, we're he's from one of those footloose towns where like it's banned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> he can bring it back to the town and be like, guys, in the realm of the giants, I discovered this magic. Check thing. this out. And he's just dancing with like a sheep. Yeah. All right. <laughs> anyway. That was the one where I was like, okay, you gotta give me a break. <laughs> I'm just gonna call her K or them K from now on. Yeah. Give me a break, K. Jeez. Um, so they still go in trying to sneak by because the giants may not be sleeping, but they are distracted with their dancing. Um, but they do also, run like these people are tiny. It's like yeah. you're dancing a waltz and you're expected to notice an ant going by. Exactly. Um, so, uh, they sneak by, but they do run into a goose, but the goose is of course a giant sized goose. And so they're running for their lives because the goose is trying to eat them because of course that's what would happen. It's a goose. It's a goose. And it's giant sized, but still much smaller than the giants. So yes. it notices them 
rather quickly because it's goose it's a goose sized uh it's goose also to a golden. giant the author mentioned that this goose is gold as a golden goose uh, so this is gilded goose but giant i guess uh, maybe was gilded goose always giant we, we don't know well, probably i don't think so um it's just an o2 yeah but it's not an o1 like birds of paradise so maybe that's why because it's friggin' massive <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was just because it was made of metal. Uh, I mean, there could be that too. I mean, Gilded Goose does look large-ish. It's big. It's a big goose. Anyway. Um, <laughs> there's another reference to a Throne of Eldraine card. I do like that they're peppering these in. It's, it's smart. Like, there's no reason for this goose to be, this goose to even be in the story, to be honest. But they were like, how do we get a golden goose in this story? It's great. Um, I was surprised it wasn't the mother goose, which is the new card, but whatever. Yeah, um, which may lend credence to your theory that they may not have access to mm -hmm. all of the new cards, if any. Just certain right. characters. Anyway, so um, as they're running away from this goose, Kellen gets pinched by the shirt and picked up by a giant. Oh, fuck. Great. Now they're going to grind my bones to make their bread. Uh, so uh, they, it turns out that the giant is Baluna Grand Squall, who is our teamer adventure uh, person. Um, and it's her birthday. And Baluna really wants to feed Kellen to the goose for her birthday. But her dad doesn't think it's a good idea. And that's super rude. Um, thank God for her dad, who is Yorvo. If you remember Yorvo from uh, Throne of Eldraine, who cared about it was just like a mono green creature. Um, mm -hmm. Yay, Yorvo, saving the day, coming in clutch. Um, Yorvo, extremely powerful card, which put it maybe in the top fifty Throne of Eldraine. Things. Yeah, definitely um, down there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yorvo explains that they are our guests, and uh, as Kellen is trying to plead and say, just, you know, I'm just here to ask the the uh, mirror a question. I'm not trying to steal anything, and because they're very wary of, of people climbing up beanstalks and stealing things from them, because it happens all the time. Um, mm -hmm. So they really, really hate it. But Kellen's... Not their favorite. Yeah, Kellen swears... I'm not... just trying to dance. It's a birthday party. Like, yeah, wow. like, what the fuck? Um, and normally they just feed them to the goose. So that's why uh, it's a whole thing. This is the kind of like Godfather moment for Yorvo where he's like, ah, no, it's my, the day of my daughter's uh, whatever yeah. birthday. Also probably sees that it's child. Mm -hmm. His eight-year-old kid. So Yorvo says, that's fine. You can ask the mirror a question. Just don't take anything. And they're like, sweet. That sounds awesome. We couldn't uh, if we wanted to. It's all fucking huge. I'm not that strong. <laughs> Uh, so the mirror will not give you any information unless uh, you can give it information that it doesn't already know, which our buddy Troyan is able to help us out. He says that he wasn't born on Eldraine, which us as the audience already knows because he's Veldalkin, which is not a, a race on Eldraine. Uh, but the mirror is like, holy shit, that's so fucking cool. Hilda is near Loch Laurent. Uh, which Ruby actually happens to know where that is because her and her brother used to go fishing there. Yes. Um, Troyan is from Ravnica, I believe, based on 
labor text on his car. That makes a lot of sense because that's where a lot of uh, the Dalkins are. Also, he's Simic, so that makes sense. I like a yep. lot. Oh, and with that, we are now moving on to episode four, Ruby and the Frozen Heart. Woof. So many things. We've come so far. We only have two left. It's almost sad. Um, I'm going to miss Troy, Ann. Yeah, he's kind of gone now. I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't give you a proper send off. We just kind of blazed through it. But uh, yeah, I'm just surprised that you like him so much because I guess it was it, all it, just about like not doing his job at all. And yeah. And being being called out about that and being like, yeah, you're right. All right. Yeah. All right. And, like caving me. immediately be like, you're right. I you got me. My job. So it wasn't just being a dick. It was just like, yeah. just bad at his job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's cool. That is nice. That is different than we, we don't always get those fun characters. Um, yeah. And then also like, come on, they, they couldn't have like, did this character really need to be there? They couldn't have anyone else say anything else to the mirror. It had to be like a random guy who wasn't from Eldraine. Say, yeah, I'm not from Eldraine. That's, and I, mean... I do know why they did it because they they want multiple references to mm -hmm. Eldraine. It's not the only place in the world. Yes. Because, um... that, that's Yes, for that's very important. That we'll that's important. So Troyan saying that he's not from Eldraine is a good plant for later. Thank you for yeah. reminding me because I forgot. Um, but we are moving to episode four, Ruby and the Frozen Heart. So Kellen and Ruby head back to Edgewall, uh, of course, avoiding all the purple that's strands of slumber. Problem with this one as well. Go on. All right, I'm ready for all your problems. Um, I actually have the same problems. So, uh, they're, uh, of course, discussing heroes again, and Kellen believes that Ruby is a hero, but Kellen himself is not, which is very strange. I would think it would be the opposite, but whatever. Especially um, since he definitely does think he's a hero, so this yeah, was just like... Just like a weird... This is just him, like, spitting game or something, I don't know. Is he no, into... the hero, not me. Spitting game? Is he trying to fuck Ruby? <laughs> I don't know. He's somewhere between the ages of 8 and 17, and yeah, depending so, on so what his actual age ages. is, I would say his motivations might differ. He's trying to hold her hand or <laughs> something <Yeah>. else. Anyway... <laughs> Um, but Ruby says that a hero is someone who always does the right thing, someone who makes uh, people's lives better. So uh, we also have Peter is going to come along with us and he's giving them really warm clothes because he's telling them that um, the, the, the closer you get to uh, La Clarent, which apparently is a place that a bunch of people have tried to gone like go before yeah. because they know this witch is there. They know that cruel Hilda is there. Um, it gets so cold that you either have to turn back or you literally die. Um, and there are people that have done that. And so <laughs> Peter's like, Hey, eight year olds, um, just go until you're too cold and then come back and then I'll go and then we'll do it. Um, yeah. What the fuck is this? Especially is insane. Since during the hero conversation, Ruby says, Peter is the hero because he raised me alone and also was like our village's top hunter or something. Yeah. It's like, and it's just like, it doesn't, it doesn't vibe with me. It doesn't like add up to me that Peter would be the guy that raised his little sister all on his own. And then it's like, yeah, 
run into this place where I know everyone has died who tried, but like wear a coat. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't. No, it, he would absolutely be like, no, you cannot go. No, but Peter is really tired from carrying the cauldron from before. Oh, I right. forgot what yeah. called. Yeah, yeah, it was really heavy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> and it's just I, like. It, it, it doesn't it's it doesn't just, add up that the same character that's the same character that does both of those things i know it um and also he even mentions it's like imodane tried it and had to turn back right and this is even, supposed to be like the legendary hero that you know, who has fire warm. powers who can stay right. warm because of yeah. the fire so because yeah and then it's like but you hey, sis, hey if your nose gets cold come back there you go, eight-year-olds. Um, anyway, before they leave, uh, they see that in the town square, there's a bunch of children that are dressed up like Kellen and Ruby. They have like um, these like wool coats and these like red hoods. And they're mm-hmm. watching this puppet show retelling their triumph over Agatha and the cauldron and the whole thing, uh, which yeah. is our story spotlight number nine, A Tale for the Ages, which is a fantastic white card that helps uh, creatures with uh, auras be stronger. Um, seems terrible uh what i said fantastic in like i like it not in, it's actually uh, in like this is a fantasy world yeah yeah yeah. it's a fantastical <laughs> card um anyway um and that brings a tear to their eye and just being like holy shit like we already have been affecting other people and you know that kellen's writing that in his fucking spank bank later like being like oh yeah i'm a hero <laughs> like, yeah this that was a, a fairly nice it was sorry i didn't mean to say spank bank like it was really rude and disgusting but you know that that pumped him up a lot being like yeah oh (laughs) yeah it definitely inflates his hero (laughs) trying to walk back that (laughs) that statement i feel a little bit bad about but um but no like it it is very sweet and they realize they are actually helping people and they are um affecting the world around them which that made me wonder if, like, the only reason for Peter's existence in this story is to, like, set up this scene, um, which I don't have an issue with, really, but it's like, yeah, I just feel like Peter doesn't make a lot of sense to me as a character. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I... But it could just be that's how, that's how kids are rate, you know? She's eight. It's time to yeah. you know, go through the trial of, you know, womanhood and see if I mean, she can how, do the thing that countless old, others have perished. How old is Peter? Is he 16? Was he eight when she was born? And so then he raised her from that age. And then he's like, well, when you're eight, you got to do like, hard hey, when shit. When I was eight, you know, I did a thing that, so you know, yeah, maybe people died trying to do peter is also a child like i'm thinking that he's like 30 but he's like he could easily be like 16 and yeah. like you need it still though Maybe that's true like, sure sure he'd be though. smart enough anyway uh he picks he peeks uh peter takes them out to lock laurent and then he stops to camp just being like all right this is where you're going to come back to when you don't go all the way because peter's very he knows they're not going to go and die in his mind He's very yeah, like he he maybe, he knows. maybe that's it right like he yeah. thinks it's a lesson like give it a go yeah. but mm-hmm. hey as soon as you start to you can't feel your nose you come right back and, and then I'll go with you I'll be right or here I'll do it. And, yeah. yeah it's more yeah I think that's what it is he doesn't really think that they're actually going to succeed um, but he also doesn't think they're going to go so far that they die um, so uh, 
they he leaves them alone. So Kellen and Ruby are now walking towards this castle. Um, and it starts to get really, really cold. Um, it's already been cold as they've been walking, but now the wind's starting to pick up and uh, it's snowing and different things like that. And Kellen starts to think about people, uh, can their bodies actually freeze? Like, can they physically freeze? Or is that just the thing that water does and beer does? I just love that you draw that in. Like, <laughs> isn't this kid aged? <laughs> well, first of, this guy? well, anytime they reference beer, I want to mention it on the show, but also, yeah. um, Yes, like what do you drink beer, kid? Like <laughs> it's like ah, classic beer freezing. That's yeah. a problem that I uh, constantly all the time. Ah, uh, my kegs are always frozen. I gotta, I gotta put my keg. Only if it was a higher around. alcohol content, it wouldn't freeze. <laughs> I gotta take a bunch of sheep and push them together to make sure my kegs stay like <laughs> unfrozen. I don't know. Anyway, um, it starts to get colder and colder, and yelling, yelling. Kellen is yelling at the wind and snow. Helen is yelling. And then uh, the the wind and the snow start to yell back at him. Uh, but it turns out it's uh, Hilda's voice who's telling him to turn back and that uh, she has no problem killing children. Um, yeah. Like she will kill anybody and regardless of age. So if you keep moving, I will just make it harder and colder for you. You're going to die. Yeah. Um, all right, so Kellen, of course, refuses because he thinks he can win everything. And yeah, and there's like some dorky dialogue. Like, you don't, you've never encountered a real hero before. Yeah. So it's like, yep, encountered plenty of them. They're all dead. So. Do you see them? They're by your feet. Um, yeah. And as he refuses, an ice spear comes down and uh, basically uh, lands right in front of his feet. And he looks up to see a frost knight, which is. Um, essentially are ice rot sentries from the set um, and they're attacking him. Uh, so the spear, another spear forms in this ice giant, an ice giant, ice knight's arm and he pushes it into Kellen and it pins him to the ground, but it just has his coat. Um, yeah. Now, <laughs> something important that I forgot to mention before is that Kellen's wool coat is made from the same wool from Orangeshire, from the sheep. Yes. And this is the best and strongest wool out there. Best on the market. <laughs> so basically what happens is he's trying to like pull free and just like rip the edge of his cloak away because it just has the edge of his cloak like pinned mm -hmm. down. But the wool is too good. He <laughs> cannot rip it free. Also, he's a child. He's probably not very strong. That's true. So, um, but mostly, it's it's good fucking wool. Yeah. And Kellen like objects when he first get it, got got it, but then he's like, all right, I guess I have to be one. He's like, oh man, Orangeshire wool. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but he's like, oh, I don't want to wear a coat like a fucking yeah. kid. <laughs> Classic kid. <man. laughs> yeah. <laughs> Coats are for dorks. Yeah. Um, but anyways. And Ruby's just like, just take the fucking thing off. And so they're having this whole conversation. Essentially, Kellen's like, oh, shit, mm -hmm. it's too strong. I can't rip it. <laughs> Ruby's like, just take it off. And he's like, my fingers are too cold. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he can't work the clasp. Right. He, he's <laughs> so, also realizing that if he takes off his coat, what is he going to do? Just like freeze to death immediately? Yeah, just die. Like, yeah. Um, so he basically like calls out to his father he's like dad right. help me and then 
he whips out his hilts, or one of his hilts, I guess, that has nothing attached to it, except now it does have something attached to it. It is a lightsaber now. Hell yeah. So we get story spotlight number 10, Kellen's Light Blades. Yeah. So he uh, cuts off. Yeah, he fucks him up. (laughs) (laughs) So he cuts off this like uh, Ice Knight's arm and then uh, he gets up and then Ruby was taken by the other one and is being held up in the air and he cuts off that Knight's arm and then catches Ruby in his arms. Um, So he's doing some of that uh, that face shit. Just slicing and dicing, I guess. Um, Yeah, now there was a thing where I think these, uh, for lack of a better term, these, uh, what are they called? Ice Roth sentries. I'm just going to call them frost giants. They run away in pain. Now, I thought they were like automatons, essentially. Like ice, like coalesced out of ice into human-like forms Forms. or humanoid forms. Controlled by Hilda. Right. But why would they, they wouldn't run away in pain unless they were actually living and could feel pain. So I thought that was very strange. And that's why I keep calling them frost giants because I'm like, were they frost giants? But I thought still like when I went back and read it, I'm like, no, these seem to be like essentially yeah. moving ice sculptures. Yeah, that's basically why would what... they stop be- and run away because you cut off their arm? They would just keep fighting you. <laughs> well, because the first one uses his spear and it shatters, and he makes a new spear in his hand and it comes down. I, I right. can't tell if it's just because Hilda. This is the first moment we see that Hilda has a heart. Um, where she like yeah. was so maybe Kellen's interpreting it as them running away in yeah. pain, and but... really it's Hilda's hoping that they'll just turn away, and that's why she's trying to scare them. But yeah. anyway, um, Ruby's like, "Holy shit, that was sweet!" And Kellen's like, "Yeah." And then we have story spotlight number eleven, uh, kindled heroism, which is just going around just like a trash common and draft that nobody likes, um, but. Almost immediately after this. That's terrible. Yeah, it's really bad. Uh, but immediately after this, uh, Kellen and Ruby are back-to-back facing the world. But all of a sudden, Kellen gets really tired and his sword gets really heavy. Even though it's made of light, it feels like it's made of iron and he can't hold it up anymore. And then he just falls asleep and Ruby yeah. catches him this time. Yeah. Just kind of out of so- nowhere. First, they try to make you think like maybe this is the, the curse, right? Mm-hmm. But they sort of make it explicit that it's not the curse. Um, I think it's just supposed to be like children just fall asleep. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Just tired. That's so much of the dad in you. I think that like <laughs> has to be that like this kid got tuckered out. You know? Yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> I mean, like that is possible for sure. Um, so uh, anyway, unless he's a teenager, <laughs> that's true. I don't know. I, I have teenagers no idea. sleep a lot too. I guess it is true. They just uh... anyway. So he falls asleep, and Ruby is. It's just Ruby against Hilda, and she is carrying uh, Kellen, 
And she keeps trudging through the snow and she keeps walking towards Hilda being like, you know what, bitch, I'm going to get you. And I don't care what's happening. Um, this is a good point is that there are no frost nights at this moment. Um, yeah. There, there are no more. We just dealt with the two and now we're just walking through a storm or blizzard towards Hilda. And that's the only, the only enemy is the storm. Uh, we yeah. don't have swords anymore. But she's going across the bridge, mm-hmm. and the bridge was when Imidane had to turn back. So they've like they've gone past where Imidane could. So this right, is what right. Peter was like warning them: like the bridge, that's the mm-hmm. real trouble. And this so is before this, they were just getting to the bridge, and they're like, "Oh shit!" Now we're at the part Peter said was hard, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Kellen conveniently falls asleep. Falls asleep. <laughs> yeah, <It> doesn't even <laughs> pass oh, the hard out. Part. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Um, wake me up when we're there yeah (laughs) it's like the worst road trip friend of all time oh god yeah um anyway so ruby keeps going and it's going to the point where she's like picking up her feet to get over the snow and then the snow gets so deep that she can't do that anymore so she just trudges through it and smushes her feet through and eventually she just realizes like you know what i could just i can crawl i can still move i can crawl and hilda's like you can turn back any second like you can't keep going you're gonna die and she's like i can put kellen on my back i'm just gonna crawl on the ground through the snow and she's literally just doing that like underneath the actual snow piles and it's really insane and it's basically the whole time hilda is saying like uh i she's not really saying fuck you little kids but that's that's what i interpreted as yeah and ruby's just doing the classic little kid nice thing which is like pulling her heartstrings she's like you know what i think you need more friends i think you're really lonely yeah. out here and you don't have any friends and uh that's the only reason that you're cranky right now you need a nap you need a snack and you need a hug that's what you yeah. need um and you know what usually Hil- true yeah usually hilda true. hilda eventually cracks and she's like you know what you're right that's exactly yeah. what i need <laughs> This part was a bit ridiculous to me. This is the part I thought you were talking about the most. It is the part I was talking about. (laughs) She just like gives up. She's just like, Mm -hmm. you know what? You've convinced me. My life is sad and lonely. Even though like her whole thing is being lonely. Like her whole thing is trying to be alone. She's just been alone forever. That's why she made this like ice castle. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just like, you know what? I think you're lonely. mm -hmm. She's like, oh my God, I see the area. I am. I am lonely. Though to be fair, this is like Elsa and the thing Elsa needed the most was her sister. So, you know, it's straight out of the movie. Um, anyway, uh, it does <laughs> like immediately Hilda flips a switch and is now good witch and we love her. And she is like, you know what? Um, give me your friend. I can, I can save him. And we go to story spotlight number 12, which is break the spell which is, uh, well, you know, in the card, it looks like she's saving him from something else, which in fact, she's just saving him from herself. So I don't actually, my emotions for this card have changed drastically after reading this story. Yeah, she's kissing him on the forehead and basically warming him up, which, you know, he was about to die because she almost... Because of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And even said, I have no problem killing children. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean we know that was a threat. Once some once someone says that you're you kind of like they, they move a few ranks down and like you're I don't know about you, but me personally when someone yeah, says yeah. they have no problem killing children, I usually 
but but Hilda doesn't she's she's not that's not true though because she actually does have a problem killing children because imagine if me or you were the so night she's tra- a liar too god yeah yeah i mean like <laughs> if a regular knight or imodane was saying the same things i don't think we they would have gotten to hilda but because a child is doing it and saying those things to her then she can be vulnerable i doubt yeah, that which i think adults. is most of the story is like mm-hmm. they get through it because they're children not despite mm-hmm. being children a classic child's story and tale. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. That's true. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, Hilda saves them both and Ruby now drifts off to sleep and they wake up. And this is specific in the wording. The youths wake up in uh, <laughs> comfy, warm beds in Hilda's castle, which apparently Hilda's castle is heated. <laughs> <laughs> who knew well, i thought it was made oh, oh. completely out of ice but whatever um I forgot. Yeah, have you ever been to like one of those ice hotels man apparently you can you can stay in them quite comfortably oh interesting i mean have you been in one of those i have not but i've been trying to convince uh my partner to go to really one. wow yeah, i think they're wildly expensive so. they sound horribly expensive but super cool um right get it but also you know i'm just like put your beer in the corner or something oh amazing they should have like a curling rink and everything it'd be perfect yeah yeah. Um, oh it's in quebec i'm sure they do Ooh, yeah grayson will want to go at some point yeah for sure be 2v1 at that point (laughs) yeah uh anyway so let's see where were we so uh they wake up in their beds and they're so happy that they're alive uh, kellen's like wait what the fuck happened and ruby's like no uh hildy hildy or helda is good now and kellen's like i don't really think that that's true and she's like actually i am as she's standing in the corner or whatever um and then they basically question her about um if she poses a threat and blah 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 and she's like well i mean you did sleep in my castle and i could have killed you at any moment so like i think you're fine <laughs> um yeah doesn't she have like some food or something and kellen just has no issue eating at all and yeah which is Ru- just Ruby's actually suspicious yeah one of those things i i can't exactly remember those specific things but i do know that uh she reveals that lord talion was actually the fourth member of the group that made the wicked slumber curse so basically yeah. Witches, as we know, are not as powerful when they're separated, but when they're together, they're much more powerful. Lord Talion has told us that only three of them needed to be together to make this curse. However, through our story, we did find out there was a fourth witch that was murdered years ago because they had Will and Rowan Kenrith, the other sister. Now, these witches were called upon by Lord Talion, who had an idea to stop the Phyrexians, which is to put everyone to sleep. And they're like, yeah, Ariad's like, we could totally do that. We just need more magic. And Lord Talion's like, well, I could be the fourth one if you need, because I also got yeah. some magic. And they're like, sick. I'll be the bench witch. And so this is brand new information for Kellen. And he is fucking He's pissed. Upset. Yeah. Yeah. Because not only did lord talion it was his plan to do this but it was so much of his plan that he had to pay the witches to let him do it 
So he is the one who gave them the boons, which are Agatha's Soul Cauldron, Hilda's Crown of Winter, and Ariette's Tempting Apple. So those are the boons that they were given as a payment for doing this thing for him, which is yeah. a pretty shady and shitty being like, hey, not only should you go kill that witch, bring me back one of her fucking things. Yeah, give me the, you know, <laughs> the let's thing just back. say whatever is most striking about what mm. they have. Whatever seems most boon-like. Yeah, I don't know, maybe like a cauldron or a crown or an apple, you know. Something like that. Yeah. We, he's pretty shitty. Um, so, yes. it is, uh, you know, uh, Kellen is uh, shooketh. And he immediately runs away. Ruby chases after him, and Hilda creates a portal to help them leave to go immediately to the Fey Court so they can confront Lord Talion because fuck that piece of the SOB. Um, so they do. Uh, before they leave, Hilda does give Kellen the crown just to be like, hey, take this thing. Um, I use the rest of the magic to make the portal. I don't know. They have magic besides the boons, right? Like, it's not like... Yeah, they're still witches. Like, they're magical. Yeah. Um... That's what I thought. It just, for whatever reason, it seemed like as Hilda gave him the crown, that was the last bit of magic she has left, which was... Oh, I was confused. I think without the crown, she can't turn the whole castle and all its surroundings into an icy uh, so it, oh, it, thing. Right, it she could her make stronger. her own little sort of ice cavern. Or, or gotcha. Like ice, little ice hut. So. Like an ice chest. Um, yeah, but it was the crown that was letting her turn like the whole land gotcha. into a frozen wasteland. Mm -hmm. So she can keep her beer cold, but she can't keep everyone's beer cold anymore. Yeah, she's not mm. Coors Light. Ah, <laughs> bummer. <laughs> well, I mean, like that's actually pretty good. Coors Light probably, probably sucks. No, it definitely sucks. It, it yeah. got left. I in mean, the... we've confirmed on this show, right? Yeah, that. That's yeah. why we're here. It's why it's not that's... here. Yeah, because Coors Light and Coors is horrible. Well, spoiler alert, I guess. Coors Light is not in this show. It's so bad. Ugh. Um, um, yeah, so Kellen, you know, he's all mad. He runs up mm -hmm. to Talia and he throws the crown on the ground. He's like, you fucking liar. Or sorry, you... you Dirty rat. Yeah, you, yeah. you raccoon, you. Yeah. And... <laughs> <laughs> Lord Talion's like, what you talking about? And Ellen's like, you lied to me. And Lord Talion's like, I literally cannot lie. If I lied, my skin would bubble and I would die. Mm -hmm. I believe he says my blood would curdle and turn to milk or something. Oh, yeah, like yeah. milky blood. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kellen's like, well, we know that, you know, you helped the witches. And he's like, oh, yeah, that. Oof. Uh, yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> but then we find out why Kellen's really so upset, which I think is interesting because he says it's just like a one-liner, but he says, "Like you told me, you knew about my dad." I think it's starting to dawn on him that he might have, like Lied. the the possibility that Talion doesn't actually know anything on, about his dad, is finally becoming possible to him. Like mm -hmm. it's becoming a real thing, and he's like, "Well." You know, I'm a family guy. So if it's not about my dad, then, <laughs> <laughs> then like I'm out, bro. Um, yeah. Yeah. That is one of those things that, like, 
definitely as a child, I guess as anyone, but like if someone is a liar or labeled a liar, that means like, I can't trust anything you say, which as yeah. an adult, you realize like people have little lies all the time. And like, that's very right. normal and just like happens in, in life. And it's like, or even just like different perceptions of what's Yes, happening. exactly. It's not even like, I'm not lying about this, but like, that's what my, that's what happened to me. And it's, right. anyway, I, I speak my truth or whatever. Um, yeah. Although Italian's definitely well, intentionally yeah. being deceitful. Well, he can that's also. Very, and they're not for that. Yeah, fucking it, idiot. Also, there is no way that he, when he lies, his blood turns to No, that's milk. obviously also a lie, because yeah, he duh. definitely lied about the three witches. Like, no shit. The one, I mean, maybe he said, maybe he said it in a way that's like, the three witches were involved in. I didn't go back to check, but I was like, there's, he definitely. He definitely like, said it was caused by witches three. Yeah. Um, as I remember that line being like, oh, we're trying to be all uh, poetic here. Uh, yeah. And we were. Anyway. Very um, So Kellen's super pissed. Um, and, uh, but he's like, you know what? Whatever. Italian's like, okay, so you got, you know, a couple options. Basically, you could do what I want, which is go to Castle Ardenvale and kill the last witch Ariette. And, then you you know the the wicked slumber will be over and then i'll tell you about your dad or you could just go home and not do that and never know anything so what do you want to do it's up to you i don't really care honestly like this doesn't fucking matter to me you're the one who came to me negotiating with a child yeah (laughs) and so of course he says fine i'll go this is yours but here's one awful option and one one good good option option. yeah (laughs) uh and so he decides he's going to go to Ardenvale and defeat Ariette, break the curse, learn about his father, and I don't know. Anyway, Kellen leaves, and then he just fucking balls his eyes out because that sucks. What a rough. He that's that's bad. That sucks. But what are you welcome do? You, to the world, kiddo. Yeah, should have talked to your mom <laughs> about leaving first. <laughs> yeah, maybe just uh, ask her about your dad. Yeah. Anyway, that, knows. that is end of episode four. We have one left, our conclusion. But, Jeff, I think we have a beer break to go on. Do you have anything to say about episode three and four before we head out? Uh, yes. Three felt pointless. Could have been avoided. Four, um, four was just upsetting. Four. <laughs> uh, again, it's just the, like, the pace is so breakneck. That mm-hmm. it's like ice cold witch with you know no heart. Just it felt too Has quick heart. that she just suddenly turned everything. She on. warmed up, yeah. Um, and again, I don't think that's even the author's fault. I think that's just this is trying to cram way too much into yeah. not enough work. It is our normal complaint. Yes. Um, however, I don't want to read a whole novel of this, so what are you going to do? Yeah, you're going to make it about one witch and cut mm-hmm. the other two witches and just have five stories about that. That could be readable. That's true. While there's a bunch of other characters that you have side stories for? I don't really know. Anyway. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention, I think. Something yes. about Locke. This story. Locke Laurent. They see 
uh, yellow eyes underneath the ice. Oh. The lock. Um, it's right. just sort of mentioned off mm-hmm. to the side. I'm pretty sure that's like the Loch Ness monster, or whatever from the first one. The oh, uh, the serpent. Yeah, Loch Mere serpents. Oh, but it's stuck I under the ice. It's stuck under the ice. Oh, that's it's cool. just another reference to a throne card that I thought was nice. That's awesome because I'm I love pretty that sure card. that card had yellow eyes. But... Yeah, 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 and it was uh, it was like my pre fairies or pre uh, rogues deck when I was playing. Um, oh yeah, I played a surprising amount of that card actually. Mm-hmm. I played like just Demir Control, but that was the finisher because it was cheap. And, yeah, uh, and I was back when I cared about stuff like that. I was playing it because it was. Uh, uh, I think it was just because it was blue black. Had it? Did it have flash? Um, yeah. Yeah. And so it was like I was playing it's blue a, black. It's a really good card. It's flash just, creatures. You know, Rona Veldrain mediocre. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, strong so. card overall. All right, Jeff. Let's uh, go on a beer break. Grab our next beer and get into the conclusion of our story. Let's do it. Cheers. Okay, up next, we have a downright recent beer from 1820. Um, This is called Alexander Keats. So um, I was going to say this is pretty common in Canada, but you and I were talking before, like, it's even starting to die down a bit here. It's harder to find than uh, it used to be. But if you're Canadian, you've probably heard of Alexander Keats. I don't know how widespread it is outside of this country, but it's from Nova Scotia, which is East Coast, Canada. Um, And the most interesting thing about it, I would say, is that uh, it's grandfathered in to being called an India Pale Ale. So on the can, we can see as Zach will hold it up for you, it says India Pale Ale. It's definitely not an IPA. It's just like a, an ale. It's a, it's a blonde ale, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was almost going to say lager, but then I was like, well, they can't possibly call it an IPA. <laughs> um, but like, since it's so old, they just called it an IPA. Maybe it even was like more IPA-like than what was around at the time. Uh, and now we actually have like a definition of what an IPA is, and this doesn't meet that. But because they've been around so long, by North American standards, um, they're just like, you know, it was, the, it was ruled, I guess, that it would be too destructive to their brand to force them to change it. So um, they are grandfathered in, in that sense, that they're allowed to call it an IPA, even though it doesn't actually meet the definition of an IPA at all. It's true. Uh, so... But it's a pretty good beer because it made its way all the way to this final round. So. It is. Um, beating other beers uh, that I always thought were similar like it. So check out all of our Drunken Porthoses if you're interested to see um, what we think about those. As well as if you're interested in our actual thoughts and rankings of beer that we've had on the entire show. If you become a patron of the podcast, you get the entire beer sheet of every single ranking we've ever done for every single episode. So, uh, and yeah, it's a lot of beers. Uh, Cause some episodes we drink four, a lot of episodes we drink two, though most recently we're drinking one. As we're getting to be older men. Ugh, it's, uh, old for this shit. it's too old to be drinking four beers a night um, yeah. on, on air. 
not uh not just in general anyway <clears throat> jeff let's wrap up this story let's get to the end uh this is episode number five broken oaths so our uh, child heroes which is what they are called at the very beginning of this uh this story or, or sorry this actually that. they're they're definitely child heroes i was mainly talking about child but heroes for sure um mm. They are now on top of their new pony steeds as they head to Ardenvale uh, to uh, confront Ariette. Um, and Ruby was given an ice sword uh, by Hilda, which is as big as she is, because that's what she asked for. <laughs> Hilda, Hilda's said, like, I want a sword that's as big as I am. Yeah. <laughs> there Hilda's you go. Like, <laughs> right. uh, okay, here you go. Can I just say one thing I would have loved? A random, like, you know, and I've been talking about stop wasting words on tangent scenes, but here's a tangent scene I would love. If at the previous, uh, the previous episode, right at the end, we get like a paragraph from Peter's perspective as he's like up at night at camp and he just sees all the ice just like, oh, that would have been great. And he's like looking at the castle from his camp that's not that far out. Yeah. It's just like, wow she did it kind of thing yeah. like that would have been cool. that would have been really cool also because if he's sitting there by the fire being like where are they and starts to get worried yeah. right. like they should have been back by now i was supposed to go after them right or and like do i leave or not turn around pretty mm -hmm. fucking quick yeah and they didn't um because he's just at the camp yeah that would have yeah. been great see and i think that our author is like perfect at those things too like, right they would have that's, written that's the really world well. that they live in and so i think that if they were able to as we go on with these stories maybe if they have the reins to uh bring us back to some of those little characters how nicely we could like the achievement of watching the castle melt is so, from the from far away is so much more interesting and exciting than a lot of the other little nitty-gritty things that right. don't really right. matter yeah pixie yeah um because there's some really poetic stuff in the actual story every once in a while you get a little glimpse even like rowan's dream anyway we'll talk about that later we're 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 on to, to other things i'm so good at derailing yeah i know god damn it i know you do it right at the beginning too for whatever reason um anyway so <laughs> they get to the castle and the doors are already busted open because rowan did that earlier um and they see all the the slumbering people everywhere and also all the guards are just kind of so the the castle doors are uh, the actual gate is busted um but they can't get through because there's all these slumber guards guarding it and they don't want to hurt them because they're nice good child heroes so apparently they are aware that those guards will attack them is previously their only experience with the slumber was people mm -hmm. just sleeping also, they, they specifically don't want to touch them either. So, like, if there's just a bunch of them, they wouldn't really right. be able to get through but it, as well. But he said something about having to hurt them or them attacking him. And I was like, how do you know they're going to attack it, it, Did it's Maybe true. Hilda told them. Yeah, but... I don't know. Anyway, we do get uh, our second frogification potion, um, which... It did matter. Whoa! Who would have thought so ruby decides that she's going to drink it this time because last time it looked like so much fun 
Um, it also is her potion, after all. That's true. It's, it's she, she deserves to have it. Um, they wrote her name on it, as kids would do to make sure things are fair. <laughs> and uh, so she has it, and she's like, but this time, you gotta ride me, which is... <laughs> <laughs> not a kid thing to say anyway um so uh, kellen hops on top of her back they tie up their ponies or whatever and they jump over the wall and as they jump over the wall there are no sleeping uh slumbering knights on the other side to speak of and they're totally chill so like oh sick this is a lot easier than i thought and then the frog of vacation potion stops immediately as soon as they land they get you get one hop that's what you get i guess like the potion over time like degrades so within a couple days like it's not as good as it was when they first got it i'd buy that there you go it uh it stopped. maybe they like popped the cork and then didn't oh and it. oh and then put it back on so like yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh they thought they were gonna use it and then they're like oh no 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 and so it didn't have very much carbonation left yeah I mean, yeah they left too much of it out yeah, yeah, yeah probably i think that's what it is the potency went down anyway um they uh, walk up to the hall, and who do they find in the middle of the castle but their princess Rowan? Holy shit! Yeah. Oh, ah, it's like a Kardashian. They're being all sneaky, like around every corner. Okay, jump over the wall, and then they poke their head around. Boom! There it is, mm-hmm. Rowan. And so, what do they do? They sprint into the room, yelling, <laughs> "Hey, Rowan! Hey, Rowan!" <laughs> oh, you're here. Because they immediately think that Rowan's, Rowan's a good guy. Yeah, they think that Rowan's doing this the same thing that they're doing at the castle is defeating the witch because that's what heroes do. Um, now, obviously, Rowan is not doing that. And Rowan, in fact, is like standing by a book that says like attempt number 23. Try it this way this time. I can't remember. What I still suck. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and Rowan and is putting people to sleep. Uh, Signed like, Rowan. Sparks are kind of like coming around her hands and she sees these kids and she's like, you better get the fuck out of here, like right now. And they're like, no, 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 we can help you. We're going to help you with the witch and stuff. They're like, no, you need to leave, like go. And Ruby's even like, oh, we're heroes. Yeah. And Rowan's like, uh, that's cool or whatever, but like, you have to get out of here. Like you shouldn't be here right now. Um, and they're like, obviously not going to leave. And so then Rowan just keeps going with her magic and everything glows white and they wake up in a cell downstairs in the dungeon. In the dungeon! Um, Although not a very good cell, or... It's terrible. Or they, like, left it open? Or, or like, it's not really a cell at all? I don't really know. Yeah. Kellen wakes I've up... I pictured them in a cell, but they get out so easily, and she just talks about walking over and grabbing her sword, so maybe it was just, like, in the corner of the room. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really know. Um... The Kellen Arnville would definitely have dungeons, like proper dungeons. But are they destroyed though? Is it like ruins? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's like all blown to shit. Yeah, maybe it's like uh, like Pirates of the Caribbean style, where like there is a cell, but there is a giant hole in the wall as well. Um, mm. so like, I don't know. That's um, super effective. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Ruby wakes up Kellen with like a bucket of like prison water, and. Which is, uh, Kellen's always falling asleep now. Anyway. I like that scene because it was like, he hears her say, Kellen, are you awake? If you're not awake, I'm going to have to pour this water on you. <laughs> and he says like, what? 
she does it she just does it anyway oh yeah. ruby that's great <laughs> like kids would definitely do that oh for sure um but anyway so they wake up they're like okay that's fine i'm gonna go get my sword and we're gonna go upstairs because we rowan put us down here for our safety to make sure that we're okay um but uh, let's go find the witch because I think I heard the witch calling her name. But but Rowan tried to use her, like practice her put to sleep magic on Kellen. Mm -hmm. That's what Ruby was saying. Like the whole time she was there saying, oh, this is for his best. He's going to thank mm -hmm. me for it, blah, blah, blah. So that's why Kellen was slightly drowsy. But I guess Rowan really sucks at it. So Why didn't she, she also do it to Ruby too? I thought that they were both supposed to be. I thought after this happened, I thought that they were still in the dream. I thought that Rowan was actually successful and they were actually dreaming at this moment. Um, I al actually also thought that must be the case. Mm -hmm. But no, it's just reality that Rowan was only trying on Kellen and sucks enough that she didn't really succeed. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyway, because the thing is, we cut to Rowan, who's upstairs with Ariette, and Rowan believes that she is keeping the kids downstairs asleep, dreaming. Um, and well, Ruby was like, I don't know, Rowan was trying to put you to sleep. Then some knights came, she ran upstairs. I walked over there and grabbed my sword, and that's where we're at. Yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> she forgot about Ruby or something? I don't know. I don't know. Ruby doesn't count, I guess. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so Ariette is commanding all of the different knights who are asleep, and Rowan is just trying to keep the kids asleep um, because, well, Ariette is teaching her the, like, sleeping magic, but also at the same time, um, it, this is part of Rowan's feeling, like, very inadequate, being like, wow, she can do so much stuff and I can barely do anything, and in fact, not do it at all. Um, just a you feel sad but also kind of like area is her mom and she's spending time with mom and mom's teaching me how to do stuff which is sweet i guess um so will busts through the they gates all have that evil aunt right yeah that's true um <laughs> will busts through the gates which are already blown open i guess but he has his uh phalanx with him and he's here to kill the witch because i think that everyone wants to kill the witch because they assume that she'll it'll stop the slumber apparently um, it's not that big a secret that Ariette is evil the cause of the slumber also to be fair like knights and witches don't tend to get along so um also imodane is with will that's she, so after she was fucked up by agatha and the wolf knight she like heals up and then goes and is friends with will now and will's like hey i wanted to work together with you the whole time and imodane's like oh that's nice wow what a good like well all it took was your sister exploding a mountain which kind of scared me so i ran away and then i ran yeah. right into a witch who tried to eat me and then some kids saved me but yeah. after that i think you're right yeah you know what i you're so much better than everyone else i've ever met <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, some shit. I thought you were bad i thought you were no. bad boy king but no. you know what it's a real fucking shitty people you know <laughs> well, you just you got to meet some cannibals and then uh, yeah. uh, you know you just yeah, want to talk perspective yeah i'll have a conversation do you want me to go to therapy i'll go to therapy that's fine i just yeah. don't eat me yeah <laughs> that's basically what this conversation was uh don't put a freaking wolf mask on and like, beat the shit out of yeah. me <laughs> and then <laughs> pretend like it wasn't your fault afterwards <laughs> oh it was somebody else no they tricked Indian me into it yeah uh that's like some 
<laughs> real mean girls like high school like psychological warfare but um that's got to be it she's just realized there are lesser evils yeah will kind of. absolutely <laughs> who's just a fucking wet leg yeah, he's the guy. just kind of like he's just kind of annoying he's yeah. kind of the worst but like he's well-intentioned enough yeah he's like you would copy his homework but he's just know. a wet blanket man yeah um <laughs> anyway uh he uh will comes in and does his normal trying to reason with rowan but of course rowan fucking hates that shit because it just pisses her off more which is like you must know this <laughs> like this your is... whole life together being twins you know that when you talk that way to her it just pisses her off more and she it's does true. the exact opposite of what you're saying but it's it's also the same thing of like you know how you have those friends or even like with your siblings, you're like, I said this to you a million times, but I swear if you just heard me say it, like if you heard what I was saying, you would like do you're it. You're not understanding. Yeah. And, and you, there's a mental block between like, obviously you need to use a new tactic, but it's like, no, but if you just got it, like you just have to hear me fully. Um, right. But obviously from the outside, we can be like, that's stupid um don't do that anymore um i know those conversations where like you have that fight and you're just like but if you did the thing just and you're trying not to say it the same way but that's the best way to say it and then you say it again and it just infuriates them oh god anyway flashbacks um so (laughs) (laughs) i'd like to think if it was life or death i might try something different yeah well you're not will and rowan they're how they are but anyway um so she knows this is one of those things where like she's like will so rowan wants to use physical violence and power to rule the um realm and will wants to use diplomacy and words so rowan decides hey i will force you to use your sword on me if i start attacking you which is exactly what happens (laughs) she's like if i try to kill you i know you will block and then we can start fighting, which is she's much better at. And so she would rather put herself in that position, which is pretty smart. Uh, from the outside, it looks stupid, but her thought process, I think, comes together. <laughs> I think <laughs> our author did a good job of making that, putting those pieces together for us was nice. Um, yeah. Um, so what we have, basically, Rowan is hacking at will there's a bunch of sleeping knights fighting a bunch of awake knights all of the sleeping knights are controlled by ariette mm-hmm. um, so she's able to control them all at the same time which rowan is even like wow she can control them all and i can't even do one mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> and then ashiok is away on business <laughs> yeah they, they kind of check in there Ashiak's not here. She, uh, they had to go away on an important uh, business call. Um, yeah. So <laughs> as this is happening, um, at a certain point, uh, the kids escape from downstairs, which we know. And Rowan looks back and sees that the kids have come up and they're attacking Ariette. Now, Rowan is worried that Ariette will not be able to both physically fend off the children as well as keep all the slumbering knights fighting. 
So she's like, oh shit, things are not going my way. Uh, and Plus she, she's even saying like tactically, wake nights have training are, and Ariette doesn't have any real like combat training. So the right. like, sleepy nights are not like very good. Doing the right thing. Yeah. Basically. It's like they're moving, but like you it's like if Rowan could control them, it, they would be much better. Um, yeah. Now, at that moment, uh, Will and Rowan pause for a second as Will sees that Rowan is looking back and wants to run over and save Ariette. And Will's really like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to go try to save a witch right now? Witches get snitches or stitches. Witches <laughs> get snitches. Yeah. yeah, they win every witch yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true i guess um <laughs> and <laughs> he's so insulted by this the fact that she would want to go and try to save a witch that he says that i don't even know you anymore like you're nothing to me like what has happened which of course mm -hmm. cuts rowan really deep um and through this i think she was trying to explain who area was in their whole history being like dude our whole life is a fucking lie our dad fucked a witch bro like <laughs> like come on that's our um, aunt man. yeah like she is our family and as area or sorry rowan knows much better than kellen that about family and who's important um and who's a family person and who's not um rowan feels much more like a family person than kellen does um but and maybe we can bring that up later. It doesn't really matter right now, but all right. So now Rowan gets really pissed off and she starts attacking Will with her sparks and her, I guess, whatever she has, her lightning, uh, which Will is able to deflect with all of his ice. And then, sorry, all the burps are coming up right now. Yeah. Uh, as, as they do with the third beer. Um, Imodane intervenes and as now Rowan is fighting against Will and Imodane we get Ashiok coming right yeah. into the Ashiok's the now middle. back from their business trip mm -hmm. and is able to help out again um, so cue the like I don't know, secondary characters popping yeah. back in um, basically what happens is So my understanding. Yeah, okay, let's do this. Let's chaos, do, okay, here we go. Right? It is chaos. And, and chaos is difficult to write. My understanding is that Rowan knows that Ashiok is a much better dream controller than Ariette. Mm -hmm. So she gains more confidence in the dream people. Plus, she knows <laughs> that if Ashiok can control the dream people, the sleeping knights, then Ariette can focus on putting to sleep the knights that are not currently asleep, so the knights that are on the opposition. So their army will grow, essentially, mm -hmm. by stealing the opponent's army, which if you ever played magic, those spells are busted. Mm -hmm. magic, like, really turns the tide. And uh, she knows that. For some reason, she believes that the best thing for her to do is to really get in Imidane's face and so she just basically like throws herself at Imidane. Um So these are things that Rowan thinks 
during that moment, I believe yeah. that none of those things actually transpire. Okay. It, 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 I, I just can't really tell. It feels like Ashiok shows up. Rowan feels like now the the tide of war is going in her favor and she's feeling stronger. However, I can't really tell if actually anything happens. It just kind of feels like all those things are true. Um, I just, I don't, it doesn't really feel like anything else happened. Um, she fights yeah. Imodane off for a little bit. Um, Imodane starts shooting fire at the soldiers, which Rowan's like, don't you fucking know that those are sleeping soldiers? Like, they're actually good yeah. guys. Hey, if those they're... are like your, your homies. So what the fuck are you doing, bro? And so she shoots Imodane with some sparks at her feet. And then she starts Meanwhile, fighting. She's been cracking non-sleeping shoulders. Like yeah. <laughs> like <it's>, whatever. <laughs> bolting, bolting yeah. And so then Rowan is fighting Will at this moment. And then Kellen starts running away from Ariette towards Ashiok. Uh, Kellen has like his light, uh, like it's so that's what's also frustrating. So he has lightsabers, like light blades, right? That's he's Kellen Lightblade. But at this moment, his blade, one of his blades, is like a whip. It like okay. can wrap around stuff. It's confused to me as well. If you look at the picture of him on his card, mm -hmm. he has one like short sword mm -hmm. and one whip. Whip. And that's, I guess... What it is. It says light blades, but one of them's a blade and one of them's one of them light. Is whip. The Gideon thing that they fucking love. This, like the uh, Sir yeah. I don't think it has the multi and yeah, it's not like a i think it's supposed to be some sort of nod to gideon um yes that would make sense but uh yeah he has one sword and one whip basically so uh, but Kellen... yeah they don't mention that at any point they just talk about from rowan's perspective kellen's like whipping somebody yeah <laughs> which like, is what? which is another reason it was a I... sword i i think that's one thing that's good like it's good that the story is from one perspective for the most part it's basically like kellen or rowan perfect mm -hmm. however it does make certain things complicated where like you yeah. want to use a specific word or name of a thing and you can't because that character wouldn't know that but i think for the sake of clarity just letting them know certain things like that would be more it would be easier i think it's the author's intention that it's clear that the other hilt that did not activate before must be the mm -hmm. whip that Rowan is seeing or whatever, but it just wasn't that clear. Yeah. Like, because these are magical items that didn't activate right away, the question I had was, are these like, like, do they morph into whatever he needs at the at time? At the time, yes. Or is it, or is it one? He just, he has two. They're, they're and they just do. Thing. I don't know. Um, I have no idea. We don't know. There's nothing that explains it to us. Uh, but at this moment, he has at least one whip. So he's running towards them. Um, as Rowan's fighting Will, this is the thing that's important. Uh, Imodane down, Ariat busy, Ashiok behind Rowan. Things are happening. Uh, Will shoots an ice bolt at Rowan, which Rowan knows is coming and dodges it because she's like, fucking, you always do that shit to me. And like, this is going to happen. Uh, can't catch me. Of course, she taunts Will and says, oh, you missed me, blah, 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 blah. And then Will's like, did I? 
And then she turns around and looks behind her and Ashiok is standing there with their legs wrapped around with a light whip so they can't move. And in their chest is a piece of ice stabbing them to death. <laughs> I guess. It just so, like frustrates them so they disappear. They plans walk away. And then yeah. Rowan's like, wow, they still have their spark. Which is like I kind of assumed you already knew that because you were kind of in league with Ashiok and they went away on their business trip. But and they came back, but whatever. They came um, back immediately, like right into the thick of battle. But okay. Yeah, so Ashiok is gone. Rowan feels like an idiot. And uh, Rowan looks back and sees that Ruby has her sword to Ariette's throat, um, saying that she will fucking slit her throat and kill her. But Ariette starts talking to Rowan in her mind because she can also do that. And just like... Yeah says oh don't worry i'll see you later this little bitch kid is not doesn't have the balls to kill me like they're i'm not gonna die right now um though if that was kellen you did like kellen doesn't give a fuck kellen kills you yeah kellen's not a thinker yeah and ruby has just had a really nice time kellen wants to meet his dad so yeah and ruby uh just had like I don't know, tea with her sister. And it's like, I, uh, you know what? I kind of like witches now. The last one I talked to was pretty good. Uh, I didn't deal with the first one. So yeah, I'm okay with not killing you. Um, that's basically what, how that all goes down. The worst and... thing the first one did is like mind control my brother and make him do it. <laughs> like, almost killed that's, me. That's true. That's true. I forgot about that part. Um, anyway, so Rowan uh is freaking out because she's cornered and basically it's like hey you gotta fucking come with us or we're gonna i mean what are you gonna do like we're, we have you surrounded we're gonna steal you we're gonna steal the witch and that's what's happening so rowan goes full crackle with power explodes into lightning stuff and shoots up into the sky i guess and disappears um and will goes Rowan. Yeah. Like when it, it shoots up in this guy, like she, I'm, I'm assuming that she like sh is shooting lightning out of her fingertips and goes up through the ceiling and so high above the castle, she can see where the purple lines for the sleeping stuff yeah, comes from. And they described all, as like a spider web. Yeah. It's like a spider web that all comes back to the castle. Like area is doing all of it. And she's so high up. She can see all of Eldraine going towards there. And then she is gone. Um, it's very cryptic and it's uh, very short. So we don't really know what happens. Um, but Will is very worried and scared for wherever his sister is. Um, yeah. Uh, that's it. It's that's basically sad. it. A little Kellen was back. That's right. Warrenshire. We do have a little bit right before Kellen goes back. We cut to Will that congratulates the little kids on their good job, and just oh yes, he. The main thing is that he takes Ariette prisoner. So um, he says. Hey, Kellen and uh, Ruby, you can come back to uh, the castle anytime you want. You can come see me. We're like family now or whatever. Another family reference. Um, he even like he even pissed me off in this instance, though, because he said something like, 
you're very heroic for kids your age. Mm-hmm. It's like fuck off, Will. Like they're very heroic. Full stop. Period. Yeah, that's would have done that. To be fair, I love that we're saying that because like we've been talking about how stupid kids are the whole time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but a, like, but it's true. If I saw a kid do that, and like I somehow like he helped me win the fight against some huge enemy, I would be like, well, you're not as good as me, obviously, because mm-hmm. you're a kid. But... Well, I mean, Will is extremely entitled. He did not have to go through the trials to become king, so. He's the worst. Um, yeah, he's, he's not the worst, oh, but he sucks. Um, well, all right. that's true. There are a lot, there, there are worse. In <laughs> it's true. I mean, his dad fucked a witch and then killed her, so. Uh... <laughs> Um, anyway, Jeff, let's go back to what you were just saying. Cut to Orenshire. Kellen, yes. give it to us. All right. So Kellen comes home and his parents are like, thank fucking God. And sprint out to meet him and give him a big hug and shit. So this is where I'm like, did they know he was gone? Did they not know he was gone? Um, that scene is well written. And mm-hmm. it very much seems like. They did not know what the fuck was going on because mm-hmm. the stepdad's like he's here and then the mom comes sprinting out and like yeah they have a big family hug and then uh his mom had made him this dope sweater that mm-hmm. has like uh basically like a it's like a tapestry almost it sounds like the sweater could be art for a saga kind of thing mm-hmm. um, but it's uh person overlooking some you know beautiful lake or whatever and uh and it has real gold fibers going through it and it's just like made of all these different walls he can't believe his mother could have made it in the time that he was gone and uh he says you know mom i love it uh, but i can't wear it it'll get destroyed and uh, she says don't worry it's enchanted and so he has this i think this is the first time we really learn that his mom like i think they mention it at the beginning but this is like the proof that she's she magic Mm -hmm. they mentioned a couple of times i think that his mom apprenticed under a witch essentially Mm -hmm. um i don't think we ever know learn which witch which 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 I don't think so either, but I, I do know that... I mean, it's... I have a guess. I think it was Rowan's mom. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Probably. So, like, she's obviously not the worst of all the witches if she's apprenticing little other people. Um, yeah, but then Kellen's mom also, like, stopped and didn't become a witch because she was like, whoa. That was pretty intense. This person sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway... It's really sweet, and we just had this wonderful moment. We also love that uh, stepdad is sitting there, and he's like, "Oh, uh, actually, I have to go. I was supposed oh, to." Oh yeah, there's uh, uh, someone else had. Uh, oh, they had some really good tea down the. Road. Yes, I need to go get some of that. I'm sorry, and then he leaves, and Kellen can like is old enough now, and he feel as he comes back into the village, he feels older and stands taller like the the bully the cotter boys don't really bug him by the the bullies he can go by and so he's in there he's like that was he he can see the the ploy of like he did that on purpose 
And his mom's like, and I like how yeah. part of him walking by them was like, he's still kind of scared. He's mm-hmm. like, now that he knows he is half bay, he'll mm-hmm. walk by them like proudly. Yeah. Um, it's not like this blemish. Um, right. So he goes to his mom and she's like, yes, your stepdad excused himself on purpose. Um, you're very smart for realizing that that's what it was. But it's because I wanted to sit down and I wanted to tell you about your father. Not the father that you may have heard from the Lord Talion or whoever, but just the the person that I knew. And um, then Kellen gets to tell his mom that, and it's something that we didn't know. This is what we find out at this moment, is that he went back to Talion to tell him, hey, we got the witch, we stopped this thing. Well, it's never really clear if we destroyed the slumber or not. I actually don't super know um, because Ariette is still alive. So like, is everybody okay? We don't really know. I have theories. But Talion says, hey, do you want to know about your dad? And Kellen says, no, I don't. I want to hear it from my mom. I'm not interested in hearing it from you. And when he tells his mom that, good man, she uh, starts to cry. And it's really emotional and it's such a very touching moment. And this whole uh, ending was such a surprise, I feel. It was awesome. This is where the author, like, this is one of the things we're saying. There's some things the author does really well. Mm -hmm. This is, this is it. Like, these are the things that I think that, uh, yeah, our author really shines with. Um, These really human moments or fairy moments, I guess. Um, But that was wonderful. And he just sits down and asks his mom, like, what happened? Like, how do you know my dad? And so she just explains, well, Jeff, do you want to explain? Do you want to tell us the story? Okay, so his dad is... Oko, the Thief of Crowns. What? I know. Um, I feel like, I mean, come on, there's, there's we, one very famous fairy. We, we, we <laughs> know this. Story. It's um, Yuta Takahashi. Yeah. <laughs> Your <laughs> father. <It's> <laughs> uh, and it wasn't like it was just a nice story kind of basically mm-hmm. one you've sort of heard before but she was apprenticing under a witch so she needed some nightingale she goes to a nightingale patch and that's where oko is and she's kind of surprised that he's able to just be among those herbs that them like harming him in any way uh and he says hey like sit down chat with me I'll give you all the nightingale you want. That's the trade. She's like, oh, that seems a little too good to be true. And he's like, well, like, you know, I think the same thing because I get to chat with a pretty woman all night or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, a classic, like, beginning mm-hmm. love story kind of thing. Um, and basically, he explained to her, he's not from Eldraine. Um, he's from a land where fairies are actually, they rule. Mm-hmm. Um, she conveniently can't remember uh, the name of the blank. Yes. He's mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a little bummer. Uh, that would have been really useful information. I mean, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get into it, but 
Maybe, yeah. maybe we're you going to confirm there. anything. Do you? <laughs> Are we coming back at some point to a plane? Uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we'll save that for what next year? Two years? If three years are from now, we'll see. Uh, I don't know. They told us so much, so much. Um, but anyways, he's uh, not from here. He finds it odd, like that fairies could possibly be challenged by humans. Which mm-hmm. I thought was an interesting. Uh, sort of reference that he throws in there um but then basically they have like kind of a classic love story except that he has to like show up in different forms so he'll show up as a raven or he'll show up as a maybe an elk mm-hmm. um, and huh. kind of uh, signal to her come meet me over here um but basically the relationship falls apart a bit when uh the witch and other people like the witch is mistreating her and the other people are mistreating her for being a witch and she's kind of like hey you know let them do their thing mm-hmm. and he's like i want to kill them all for treating you poorly um which is interesting it's uh, pretty intense and it's he basically said he wanted to raise orange shire to the ground and destroy everything and she's like well i'm i don't really i'm not i don't vibe with that please don't do that um Uh, no we can't see each other he wants to like make her queen so it made me wonder i don't know the story of original eldraine that well i know you read it but Mm -hmm. like oh i didn't read it okay um i know about it but he i know he's trying to steal the crown right like he's the king mm-hmm. of crowns so it makes you want is he doing he did that for her i guess is what we're sort of learning he was trying he, to get that power not necessarily for himself not entirely not for himself but mm-hmm. also he wanted to make her queen possibly a lot of throne of eldraine is he turned kenrith into an elk and hid the elk in the forest um so he stole the crown of the actual like king um, right. So, but, uh, yeah, I wonder, like, if he had some sort of plan to use it for something. Um, I think um, he was trying just to rule so. Eldraine, but, like, it feels like retroactive. Like, originally he's kind of a trickster, and now mm-hmm. they're trying to push in some push sort of other extra things. plot line of why he was doing what he was doing. Possibly. But, um, but all of this felt very genuine and sincere and it really was very sweet. Nice. Um, there's a lot of heart to it. None of it felt kind of hokey and dumb. And it, it, uh, Kellen ends asking, like, what was he like? Like, what did he look like? What did it feel like to be around him? Like, really personal. Um, and then she was like, dude, it was a questions. fucking nightmare. Everyone was playing blue green food. All you ever saw was, <laughs> <laughs> it was like Gilded Goose and Oak was everywhere. Game. <laughs> um, but no, it was, uh, it was really nice. I was uh, like, you know, the surprise, quote unquote, of Oko being the dad wasn't huge. But I'm also the kind of person that like, if if there's some sort of surprise in a story or mystery, like I'm not really interested in trying to figure out what it is. I just like it washing over me and it just makes it more enjoyable. Um, so I was like, if this, if his dad isn't Oko, I'm going to pissed because like mm-hmm. come on it has to be oko yeah um, so it was more like yeah 
it's it's out good totally. and i and like I, that that's mm-hmm. good and i think that like i initially had thought that and then i kind of forgot and then as i was reading it i was like oh right i thought that right. at the beginning um so it was just nice anyway uh so after his conversation with his mom kellen cannot sleep he's just like so amped like fuck my dad is so fucking cool. I want to hear more stories about him. I want to meet him. He's so awesome. Uh, so he goes and he gets up and he starts walking his sheepdog by the woods again. Uh, by the way, his sheepdog's name is Hex, which is hilarious because it's a Rex joke, but Hex like a, a witch's Hex or an enchantment. Um, I just think that's that's cute writing. Um, nice. I didn't, I didn't put that together, the Rex mm-hmm. joke it's rex but hex anyway uh so he's as he's walking again he stumbles upon a portal however this portal looks different than the one he's seen before um right. you know maybe this is one of the ones that troyan or oko were from the ones that were from other worlds mm-hmm. and he decides once again don't tell your fucking family anything this poor mom man you know, I had this amazing conversation with my mom. My stepdad's super fucking cool. I love my dog. Ruby and all of them are sweet. But you know what? I'm walking through this portal no matter what. You know what? I'm family first. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to jump through this portal. Exactly. So we have story spotlight. Number 13, Extraordinary Journey, which is a fucking bomb card in Limited. It's so annoying. Um, and uh, he heads on out through the omen path, which is what he fell upon. Um, We have a quick, tiny little epilogue, which we cut to Ashiok in the cell uh, with Ariette, who is a prisoner to our boy king. Uh, They talk about new plans. Ariette asks if Rowan is outside and they're going to meet up with her and they're going to enact all of these plans together. And Ashiak says, actually, we're going to leave her behind. She's not quite ready for this yet, but I'm going to take you. So he engulfs Ariette in this black smoke, and they vanish without leaving a trace. There are just empty chains left behind, and the knights will come in the morning and see that she has vanished. And that is the end of our story. So this is my interpretation of Ashiak. Um, based mostly on that last scene because they Ashiok shows up mm-hmm. and Ariad says took you long enough essentially something like that Ashiok's like well you know I, I have actually a greater need for us we'll be back here don't worry but we have a thing to do we're going very far away mm-hmm. so obviously they're going to a different plane yeah um, which Ariad may or may not understand it's unclear based on the conversation because Ashiok repeats we're going very far away mm-hmm. um i think that with the four witches Ariette was able to cast this sleeping curse or whatever to help drive phyrexia away um but that's about it that's like the limit of her powers especially without the other witches mm-hmm. coordination but ashiok was drawn there due to the huge number of sleepers um and then Ashiok was essentially training her to use this magic. So that's when the curse starts spreading. Is Ashiok's mm. there training area to basically spread it and control it, control the people that 
because I don't think originally she would be able to do that. Gotcha. Um, that makes sense. And that's why Ariad kind of was okay at it, and then Ashiok was very the good at it when mm-hmm. they came in. Um, and so that's kind of my interpretation. Ashiok has some bigger motive here that involves like essentially taking Ariad on as a student. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Ariad then subsequently like took Rowan on Rowan a student, on a student. being a student herself. Um, I still don't know if Ashiok or Ariad actually sent Rowan the dream. My assumption is Ariad because Ashiok doesn't seem to care about Rowan at all. <laughs> it's true. Um, but I think that that's kind of I... the vibe I was getting is Ashiok's like training up a sort of uh, number two apprentice for some reason apprentice a power one that's cool i love the idea of seeing another ariette in the future because ariette is one of my favorite characters from this story um mm-hmm. also just i mean it's obviously i like the card i picked it for a worth a slot you know but yada yada of course this is a character that i like and I, i'm interested yeah, in this yeah, <sighs> yeah. but um seeing a new version in the future is something I'm really excited for especially if it's esper but uh we'll have to find out um my kind of takeaways from this are that uh well well first off uh i have my own gripes with story spotlights which is we got through 13 of them which is pretty good because there were 15 in total however there are two that stood out that was like, why the fuck did you have these Beast Wars spotlights? Um, one of them is Moment of Valor, which is just a, a combat trick slash removal spell for limited. Um, but the actual artwork depicts a knight fighting a seemingly sort of nightmarish thing. Um, and the flavor text is hardened by the Phyrexian invasion. Will's knight starved the mitten, the sorry. Will's knights starved the nightmares of the thing they craved most, which was fear. Um, that has nothing to do with the story. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> and then we have a glass casket, which introduces a character I've never heard of before, which uh, just says, while Neva's mind wandered the realm of dreams, her body lay protected as mages worked frantically to find a cure for the wicked slumber, which is who the fuck is Neva? I don't know. Who are these mages that are working to cure the wicked Why slumber? Why is this one of those uh, things where it's in the side stories again? Like, why are you making story spotlights for side stories? I don't understand. Like, make the story spotlights the mythic cards... I don't know. The, like, there just doesn't need to be fifteen of them. Like, there doesn't have to be fifteen. There could be ten. Does anyone even notice when they're playing a card as story spot? I mean, like I do because I look for them now. But like, yeah. Or if you see we like, do, but do oh, like normal people? I don't know. Anyway, those are things that bug me. But Jeff, before we start rating beers and we get to our last beer, um, what do we rate this story? Uh, how does it like kind of build up? Or build up rank up to the other stories that we've read or we've listened to or we've had in the past i would say generally this one had some really nice moments but it also had a lot of chaotic 
combat scenes mm-hmm. um, that are less those parts were not as good um and then i don't know there were just like there's at least one or two things but every story that kind of was like what mm-hmm. Come on. so i would rank this one not terrible not the worst we've done but i mm-hmm. i think it's below average i agree i think this one's below average i think the heart is really there uh there were def- a lot of parts i really want to like it for you know mm-hmm. i think that our author is a really good writer i've never thought that our author was a bad writer i think that uh the task at hand is very difficult and oh, it's impossible and i think that that's the majority of my gripes and that i think our author does the best that they can at what they have to deal with um yeah but the the moments that they find to shine are really wonderful that I can forgive a lot of random other stuff. Um, yeah, which is, but, I think, why they got got the job. Of course, yeah. yeah. But I do like some of the ideas you had that came up, like little um, jump backs and stuff uh, and jumping to different characters or whatever. Um, seems nice, though. Obviously, they're trying to stay with specific uh viewpoints which is also helpful yeah. because it's so annoying when you jump all over the place with the viewpoints but um yeah and i think those jumps are fine like if it's if, a paragraph or something, yeah, or something just a short little but mostly is one or two viewpoints mm-hmm. when it's not like the entire story is 10 viewpoints and each story is two different ones like it's like come on right. um so yeah that can be irritating um but it's also difficult in a lot of stories where you see a very important close moment between two characters from a third character's perspective, which is mm-hmm. like, that was the wrong time to use that technique. I wanted to see what that was happening right there with them. Right. You know? So it's like, they were. it's like in, um, in the Strahd Midnight Hunt or uh, Crimson Vow when uh, Chandra is saying goodbye to Adeline. It's like, I want to see mm-hmm. what they're doing and what they're saying together. Right. Not necessarily yeah. somebody else looking at them, you know? No, but hey, um, Soren's like, meh. Meh. Like, oh, I don't give a you shit. got that perspective. Humans. Bleh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, so uh, that's just, that. I don't think that's going to change. That would just be random little bits. Um, but overall, yeah, I think it's, I'm, don't love this one uh and honestly kellen is annoying as hell and i'm really not excited to uh, this character is this is the character this arc is this character do you you know that yeah like this character he's in ixalan and onward like we're seeing kellen in the immediate next story as well as obviously kellen's gonna have to show up at some point in like outlaws of thunder junction or at least oko's in that set so we're they're gonna meet up come on so he's gonna like meet his dad or whatever if not in that set the next couple ones like yeah so i as opposed to the phyrexian arc where i was excited for what was happening next i am not interested in the rest of this yeah i wonder if they're trying to like get a younger age group interested make like eight-year-olds kid but i think they shot a little too young 
-hmm. like eight-year-olds can still read about 12-year-olds and Mm -hmm. think it's cool and exciting or whatever that's the thing that like when i was watching disney shows i was like eight ten whatever yeah because they were like in middle school or in high school and i was excited about high school and the actors are actually 20. yeah (laughs) but if you're in high school and you you, like you're less interested in something that's younger than you you know you're always for sure for the in general people are excited for the future like obviously people like looking at the past but if you want to look up to something so watching something that's a little bit above you so as you can strive for it makes you feel good um Mm -hmm. anyway so i feel like kellen's just too young a hero even if they're trying to approach it we'll see how i i get the idea of starting small and getting big but you're yeah, right. maybe, maybe there's like maybe a lot too of small. time between the sets. I think so. I, I think he's going to be like adult. Like he's going to be cool. 45 in the next one. <laughs> That's a little bit high. <laughs> but no, I, <laughs> I think that, you know, he'll actually become a real strong, good hero. He'll be a Gideon at the end, you know? It's almost like a Gideon story arc, but without Gideon. Um, it's not Kytheon, it's Kellen. Yes. So, so different. But anyway, um, that's what we thought about the story. Tell us what you think about the story on our Discord channel. Come check us out. The link is in the show notes below. We talk about deck lists and uh, different things, gripes about stuff. Uh, Talk about new booster packs that just dropped today. Um, Come uh, see what we're talking about. But we did our conclusion, Jeff. We talked about the whole story. This episode is fucking long as hell, but it's going to be... You know, we got to live it up while we can because we're not going to have long episodes like this anymore. Uh, Let's go to our final beer and then rate the beers for the last time for the Silver Series. All righty. So we have one Moebri this evening. It is Heineken. And as I'm pouring the beer... I need to look at my notes because I don't remember any of the information about this. All right. So Heineken, as you should know, is a pale lager. As you should know, as I couldn't remember from my notes. <laughs> anyway, it's from Holland. It's 5% and it came out in 1873. So none of these beers are from this century or last century. Crazy. I think that's interesting. That all of the beers we like are mm-hmm. the old ones. I think it They're is interesting. But it, I don't think so. I think just there is a thing, and I don't want to get into this too much because this episode is so fucking long already. But uh, our friend Ryan, who if you know the show, he's been on the show before. He's a brewer. He's a very good one, in fact. And what happens is once you start drinking a lot of different types of beers and craft beers, you start to realize that... Um, the less complicated ones, the really good ones, the ones that are crafted really well, do stand out. Um, not saying that all of these are particularly part of that, but Ryan being really interested in like dark loggers or loggers in general, yeah. that it happens very the Traditional often. styles that mm-hmm. that's gravitated towards. Um, much less interested in like um, mojito sours and stuff like that. Of like just random made up stuff um just like throwing tiramisu into a mash tin tin yeah. ton 
whatever. Um, yeah. So old, old's good. Old is good. Yeah. So we're drinking some Heineken, seeing what's up. Started with Estella, had a hacker shore, went to Keith's, went to Heineken. You know, honestly, before we get into our ranking, we're going to go from silver four to silver one. So sort of <laughs> worse, worst to best, basically, of the night. Or are we going to go four, three, one, two? You know what I mean? What? it's just like if you go four three two then you know what one is so sometimes people do like four three one because oh because that's two it. left at that point that's true and so it's like name the winner instead of the runner-up that is true um i i mean it's been so long since we've done one of these man i, I know i know we we usually just go four three two one okay that's fair it's uh, just fine. mathematically equivalent. So. Yeah, yeah. I thought that that would just be better for you, Doctor Math. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, it's been a long road us going. This eventually, uh, eventually, this originally started with us trying to figure out what uh, what the best camping beer would be. Right. Which is, yeah, we were camping, and we were like, mm -hmm. you know, what we should do, we should. We should start a tournament to find the yeah. best camping gear. Be like, we what? are years later. Mm -hmm. And it kind of changed from best camping beer to just best macro brew. Um, one it's that like we the wouldn't... best. What can I pick up a case of that, mm -hmm. you know, anyone's Rel going to like if they come over? You know, Relatively like my cheap. Father-in-law, my mm -hmm. friend, some friend of a friend that I don't know that well, you know. Like just one that like no one's going to be like, oh, this one? Uh, I don't like that, you know. Just... It's a good beer people like. But I, I can still feel good about recommending, you know, mm -hmm. that I that I could you know, people know me as a beer guy. Mm -hmm. I could drink it anytime and feel solid about I could go to a bar and order it and feel good about, you know, that kind of stuff. Um yeah. that's what this was about. Um also, hey, if you've never drank a Sapporo next to a Budweiser next to a Coors, yeah, yeah you got it, because those are not the same. And it will probably shake up what you your, have in your mind. Yeah. Um, That's what I was going to say. It was such a fun experience because, like, I had so many opinions that I, looking back, I think was mostly just marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now I'm like, after I'd actually taste them back to back, I'm like, oh, actually, I don't really like this one. I do like this one. Mm -hmm. Like, there were beers that I thought were awesome. You know, Sapporo is kind of the big example. Mm -hmm. I was just like, that's horrible. Like, <laughs> I didn't it, like that at Sapporo all. Sapporo was actively disgusting. Like, act, yeah. like, I would always get a Sapporo when I went that's to... That's the one I'm nominating to, like, push down to bronze. That's yeah, that one's... Like, I, I, I actually... You know what? I'm I'm down. We can take Sapporo and they shove come it down. They come with a big-ass can, too. You're getting yeah. like... <laughs> They're horrible. Like, a I actively... bottle of this swill. Like, really, really bad um and it's just so it's just very surprising so and again this is our opinion so if you're crafting mm -hmm. opinions based on what we say you should try it and like maybe yeah. you love Sapporo whatever that's fine but it's like you're gonna find out new things when you taste these actually drink these beers mm -hmm. next to each other so 
like if you have a bunch of friends please please get together get like six or 12 of you together and just everyone bring one silver beer and all mm -hmm. try them back to back yeah. like just little, everyone brings little the tasters or whatever or yeah or just like something and oh yeah do a taster yeah or anything like taste as many as you can as close together as you can um because it really changed my outlook like i always I, thought i hated budweiser now i'm like pretty solid going just get a six for a bud like, budweiser is good you know what you know i had a lot of people say oh because like there's rice in it it makes it bad it's like actually no it makes it kind of sweet and delicious like yeah. Sapporo, on the other hand that's a bad recipe yuck yuck yuck, yuck. tastes like dust Coors Light still sucks. I was That's right about that. You know, I sometimes it will reaffirm what you think, mm, and sometimes it'll see, challenge what you think. And I thought I liked Coors and Coors Light because of the mountain water. And in fact, I yeah. really don't I mean, like Coors it. has good marketing. You can't they do. Deny that. They really so, do. Even though sometimes you take a step back and you're like, you're marketing that your beer is cold. Like, oof, mm -hmm. that beer must really suck. Those be pretty bad. Um. All right, we've had enough preamble. We've tasted this Heineken long enough. I think the, they're ready for the final decision. Some I, up, amazing experiment. Would recommend. You don't have to do them all, but mm -hmm. do some. Yes, and there's many we weren't able to try, uh, and I wish we were. But uh, I think we're we're kind of coming to the end of our own experiment for this. It's been a few yeah, years. I mean, we've we've done we've, this. We traveled the world. We mm -hmm. travel. We've we've went across the space-time continuum man mm -hmm. we went back you know, 700 we literally years. went to space because Sapporo was actually sent to space so there you go like <laughs> this has been an amazing journey and it feels so weird to be finishing it tonight but um it's another meaning it. to the term rice rocket <laughs> yes all right Jeff so as always i don't have the ceremonial tuny because it isn't an, an official fantasy uh flip but would you like to do the honors of naming your first silver four beer i shall mm -hmm. um pretty easy actually for me i kind of took one sip of this and uh for me number four yep. silver four is heineken heineken I 100% agree. My silver four is Heineken as well. Um, now you can say, hey, guys, you know, the way you're doing this it suffers from bias in terms of what order you do the beer is, mm -hmm. beers in. And all we say to that is, yeah, that's true. Yeah. However, but we're Heine not going to do it with each beer in every possible order. So it's true. Um, also, okay. Heineken was earlier in the list on other episodes because it's so old. Right. So which is why it won its way to here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so however, my internal bias bias was that Heineken was actually terrible and I've never liked Heineken and it made it to yeah. the finals, which is crazy because yeah, I remember picking this up being like, oh well that one's gonna be trash. So I can't believe it, it made it this far. Um, I'm, we're going to snake it. I'm going silver three. This one, you know what? I think I've, I, my pick is over here. I'll, 
I'm gonna go grab it and grab my other ones. But oh no, I'm dropping them. I'm sorry, I'm far away from the you being all neat having your beers on. I, I put the table. I didn't mean it was for something else, but my silver three is a green beer. It's Keith's Keith's silver three. Commander Keith's is silver yeah. three. We probably have the same exact list. I think we have the same list. So Jeff, give us our number two, because then I'll lead us into our number one. Okay. You deserve to. Um, mm-hmm. So number two, what I have here for you guys is the oldest beer we did on tonight's episode and i claimed not the oldest beer we've ever done Mm -hmm. i did not verify that in any way so (laughs) i might have lied could be the (laughs) oldest beer we've ever done this is stella artois stella number two really good good way to start the night Uh, yeah but as soon as i had a sip of the winner i knew that hacker shore keller beer this fucking I this think this shit is awesome. This shit is awesome. <laughs> what is this? So the reason that Jeff said that I should announce it is because this was the beer I chose to have at my wedding because mm-hmm. I knew that it would fit. Because of this experiment. Exactly this experiment. Uh, this is a beer that I'd never even thought about drinking. I looked over yeah. it every single time. I see this time. before doing like, you know, this mm-hmm. show to be like, I don't know. Yeah, it looks terrible. Yeah. Now, when I see something that says it's an unfiltered lager, I'm like, that could be good. That could be fire. It is probably on a little bit on the sweeter side, but it is delicious. Like, there's so like much. The, it's not too sweet that I can mm-hmm. have. I can't have more than one kind of thing. Like, no. it's just a hint. It just mm-hmm. gives you that little. It has a body, mm-hmm. and. I think you could it could fit anyone's palate. It is fantastic. Honestly, a fantastic beer. And this isn't even mm-hmm. like like Hacker Shore, apparently, is just a brand, like and they have yeah. a regular one. This isn't mm-hmm. even This isn't the regular one. Color beer. Just this is the color beer. You, like, grabbed. <laughs> it was just blue. I don't know. So <laughs> I I've tried I think I've tried the regular one, the gold one, and there's a couple other ones, but um this one's definitely my favorite and now i'm just very much like yeah any unfiltered lager it just seems like that might be the way to go so and i think this one again correct me if i'm wrong i think it smashed its way through this competition i think it was like first place it, first place first place it destroyed it to the top. it destroyed yeah. it um so much so that after the first episode i was like oh shit was this beer never silver in the first place like, this one was in such a different league than everything else we drank. Like, mm-hmm. it feels like we took a diamond beer and then dropped it in the silver series. Yeah, just like, to be like, win? yeah. <laughs> but that was part of the the gamble, you know, of trying to figure out like, hey, let's just pick beers. Um, but in any case, finding a, a beer from that we've never heard of, yeah, never thought about. I was old and drinking yeah. it. Like this is something I'm going to recommend to a lot of people because, mm-hmm. like, people ask me pretty often, like, "Hey, I'm not an IPA guy, or I'm not like a mm-hmm. you know craft beer drinker, but I, I still like something more interesting." 
Yeah. Like, dude, get Hacker Shores Keller beer. Look for the blue can. Look for the German guy who's pouring uh, you know, his beer stein pitcher yeah. into a stein, and the pitcher <laughs> is barely bigger than the stein. <laughs> yeah, check it out. Um, this is also a, a shout out to uh, go to your random import aisle in your liquor store and pick something random that you've never tried. Yeah, no matter what it says, if it says a lager, try it. Like if it's old and from Europe, it's probably awesome. Um, and I'm sure there's a bunch of you out there yelling at us being like, obviously this is so whatever. Right. I'm, I'm sure there's a ton of people that already know this stuff. That's fantastic. But like for the craft beer experts or, you know, interests, anyone who's like is looking at beer and looking at local stuff, try some some weird European stuff that you can't read the label of, or you've never heard of, or looks kind of old and dusty. Check it out. Cause yeah, get those old classics, man. Like it could be awesome. The older beer, the better beer. Just almost. Almost. Yeah. yeah we not, almost went in reverse chronological. Almost. Nice, um, I mean, cause when we started, we thought Stella was going to win flat out. Like for sure. Yeah. yeah when we had the, we're like, oh, it's just going to be Stella. Why do we bother? So yeah. I affirmed that I do like Stella relative to most. I really like Stella. After um, tasting them back to back, I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. it's good to know I wasn't crazy like drinking mm -hmm. these next to each other. Yes, I prefer this one. And Stella's also the one that's most, um, uh, it's easier to find at bars. So if you're going to a bar and you want to make sure you get something that's actually have it, Stella yeah. is always good. Um, you'll never you'll never have a random ugh, what was that so good stuff man good, good stuff. stuff wow silver series it happened wow anyway uh this episode has been so long we should go to closing time and wrap it up yeah so <laughs> you can always find us at arena regulars on x and instagram yeah you may also find us on arena itself under the username arena regulars podcast if you want to talk to me personally you can find me at zulberg that is z-e-u-l-b-e-r-g on twitter sorry x and instagram but jeff where can they find you thank you uh best place is on our discord channel i go by regular jeff there and the link there should be in the show notes mm -hmm. also please leave us a review on apple Podcasts. follow us on spotify leave us a review there go to youtube click all the buttons uh, any button that's around you just do it and <laughs> give us a like give us a comment we appreciate all the feedback that we get this has been the arena regulars reminding you that hacker shore keller beer is the grand champion of our silver series. Good night. All right, that's fine.